<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? Some exciting news right up top. I've finally announced my 2019-2020 stand-up tour uh, kicking off this weekend in Denver, which I'm so happy to say is sold out. I'm excited to see you guys this weekend. Uh, we have a bunch more dates. Some of them just got announced. I'm going to be in Washington, D.C. at the end of October. And in November, I will be in Connecticut and Boston. Um, there's going to be more Boston shows added. I'm doing the uh, Comics Come Home show, which is going to be amazing. And then there's also going to be a solo show, which we haven't announced yet. Uh, but those will all be on PeteHolmes.com. I'm also happy to say that uh, New York, I'm going to be in New York. Uh, where, where is that date? It's going to be on the website. Go to PeteHolmes.com. New York. D.C., Connecticut, Boston, and as we add the dates, they'll all be uh, nice and easy on PeteHolmes.com. Hope to see you out there. I'm very excited about this new uh, hour, and we will see you on the road. Super stoked for that. Speaking of super soaked, super soaked, this is uh, Gary Gullman, one of my dear friends. He's done the podcast before. He has a new special, which premieres October 5th on HBO. It's called The Great Depression. Um, it's stand-up intercut with these wonderful vignettes of Gary exploring his, um, I guess you could say, battle Battle with depression is a good way to put it. He struggled with depression um, his whole life, and he's opening up about it in a very, very beautiful, poignant, and important way in the special. But most importantly, it's super, super hilarious. He's, as I tweeted the other day, he's one of the greatest comedians alive. I think he's an incredible writer, and we had such a fun time in this podcast, just talking. It's basically, it's one of the least formal podcasts we've ever done. It was just like we were hanging out. And that is obviously a goal for this show to have it be this natural. So I'm super excited about it. Hope to see you uh, on the road, but be sure to watch uh, Gary's special. What am I hiccuping in the intro? I sound like my dad burping during a meal. That's a Mulaney bit. Anyway, uh, here are the Pete's picks. As you guys know, I don't uh, support this show by doing ads just for any old product. I do uh, Pete's picks, which are actually products that I absolutely use and love and have changed my life for the better so I can give you an earnest endorsement of these things. And if you like them, you can try them. And that is a wonderful way to show your support of this show. The first and original Pete's pick I'm holding right here. There it is. Uh, Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. Uh, it is CBD oil. I know CBD is sort of everywhere, but Charlotte's Web is the most reputable uh, company and the most ethical company that I found that grows hemp for human consumption. As I always say, it's not just mass-bought anonymous hemp. They grow it for medical purposes, for humans to ingest in oil form. Uh, it's CBD, which means they use science to remove the THC. THC is obviously the part of the hemp plant that gets you stoned, gets you intoxicated, uh, takes you out of the game, unless your game is eating jacks and watching Three's Company. T uh, CBD is what I've, a product that I was always hoping for. The first time I, I used hemp in any form, I was like, I wish there was something like this that would uh, elevate my mood, lower my anxiety, but wouldn't take me out of life. I want to still be able to read a book. I still want to be able to work. I want to be able to focus. I want to be able to communicate. CBD is exactly that for me. Speaking anecdotally, it is wonderful when I travel. It is wonderful when I'm working. It's any time that I'm under a great deal of stress or I'm just feeling a little bit of uh, rigidity, a little bit of a calcification in my brain and my spirit. I take CBD to lighten my mood, makes me smile easier, makes me laugh quicker. 
like I said, mood elevating, anxiety reducing. It is a wonderful, wonderful plant ally, and I love it. And the best way to, to know about it is to try it. Um, the kind that I use is the original formula. It's a little bit more expensive, but you can literally just take a couple drops. I get the mint chocolate flavor. Tastes like a thin mint. Makes you feel better than a thin mint. And they even make bombs that you can get hemp on you topically for soothing the skin and just a wonderful overall good CBD feeling. Uh, show your support of the show and try something new. I hope it uh, works for you in the way that it does for me. Go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code Keep it crispy 19 and you will get 10% off your purchase. The other one, I just recorded a podcast and I hadn't eaten all day, is cachava. I literally had 30 seconds to make a meal and I didn't want to be hungry. As you know, this is a long podcast. So I took a shaker bottle, I filled it with water, threw in cachava, and I am still full. We just did a two and a half hour podcast. I still feel full. I still feel clear. I don't have the jitters or any hunger pangs. And all I had was cachava. It's a superfood drink mix made with the most exotic, nutrient-rich superfoods that they, uh, they've they been revived, <laughs> revived, revered by tribal cultures for centuries. The cachava people literally went into the Amazon to find these foods and made a superfood. It's just a bag of everything that you need. <laughs> it's like a meal in a pill. It keeps you full for hours. A lot of people use it for weight management. I like it because it's hard to find healthy food when I'm traveling. But for people that don't know how to start eating plants, they're curious about eating more plants, they're curious about getting more nutrition through superfoods, Cachava is a wonderful place to start because it actually tastes amazing. They make chocolate, they make vanilla, they put in powdered coconut milk in there so it mixes with the water and makes it creamy. They put in cacao, obviously, in the chocolate. gets uh, chocolatey, wonderful. You can make it with almond milk too, which is even greater in my opinion. You throw in some frozen strawberries and some almond milk. It tastes like strawberry chocolate ice cream. But the best part is it's good for you. It's not just some nonsense you're drinking. It's 100% plant-based. It's got eight super fruits. It's got chia and flax, which is going to give you omega-3 fatty acids. It's got 17 greens and veggies. 17! It's gluten-free, soy-free. There's no artificial sweeteners or preservatives. It's made with coconut nectar which is why it's a little bit sweet, but it's just a little amount and it's a low glycemic sweetener, so it's not going to spike your blood sugar. It's got digest digestive support, 24 grams of plant-based protein and nine grams of fiber, and it actually tastes amazing. This is what I have often, sometimes for dinner, often for breakfast, and yeah, if you're nasty, have it for lunch too. It's a wonderful way to eat healthy, especially if you don't know where to start, if you want to see how your body responds to some of these uh, plant-based diets that people talk about. Cachava is a wonderful way in. Uh, and you can get 20% off. Go to Cachava, Cachava, K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird. And you'll get 20% off and show your support of this podcast. Uh, all right. Be sure to watch Gary Gullman, one of my favorite people in the world, October 5th on HBO. And please go to PeteHolmes.com and come see me doing stand-up. Washington, D.C., Fairfield, Connecticut, Boston Mass, and the New York Comedy Festival. Tickets are available now at PeteHolmes.com. In the meantime, enjoy my dear friend, Gary Gullman. Gary Gullman. Get into it. Um, I wanted to do a series of arch nemeses hugging. It's funny. 
I, Gerald, I was gonna. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Get all this. Record all this. I want people to hear what it sounds like when you're starting a podcast. Don't edit out the grit. Wabasabi. Um, I was in here mm-hmm. laying right where you are now. I sometimes just hang out in here. And I was like, I'm going to take some of this shit down. I don't like the self-serving. Like, I, did, I realized that you guys have to, the guests look at a Wall Street Journal thing about the E-Trade baby. Take that down. <laughs> Get that out of here. Yeah. I'm going to take it down. Because I realize I don't like when I go to other people's houses and they have their awards and accolades. It's not that I don't like it, but I, I just, I don't need it. I don't yeah. want it. Wow, I hadn't thought about how I feel about that. I do know that I do have a live concert poster and I've hidden it in the bedroom behind a behind a bookcase so that nobody would see it except me. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> when I go to put laundry in the hamper. I feel like that's different. In our, we call it the kosher kitchen. I don't little... want people walking into my apartment and, and seeing... saying, me, 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 me. That's what I'm, that's yeah. what we're cooking the same meal. Yeah. We're eating it differently. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have a show poster in the house. I don't, I don't find that too god. It's in the deep house. Oh, but cool. It, it's cool. Someone yeah. made it. Oh, that's great. And it's like a cool image. And, right. it, and if you look closely, it's a poster for a show of mine. For some reason, I'm okay with that. Just straight I'm up. I'm okay with it. I don't know. There's, there's just like, I, I kind of have an anti-hoarding. Just let it go. The, the new giggler and late night. Move on, Pete. <laughs> no, I like that. It's yeah. fun to remember, but does it need to be on the wall? I think so. Oh, Gerald. Yeah. You love me too good. Yeah. I, yeah. You're just I mean, too it's kind. It's the New York effing times. I mean, if that doesn't do anything for you, like let, let me. I mean, this is a champagne issue, but I wanted to oh, I ask your it. opinion. Okay, so champagne issue. So I have a, champagne issue. Is a, a good Gary Goldman. Yeah, your next I, special. Right, I have a billboard. A few I have billboards a Bill up. A, dead, 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 <laughs> dead, dead, dead. <laughs> so we put pasta. A- <laughs> tastes like pasta. You went to his voice, his second voice. Is that pesto? I like pesto. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shout out to Joe DeRosa, by the way. Who He's the one who pointed out. Bill used to do shows with uh, Joe, mm-hmm. and Joe would do him before, and it would kill. Joe's, Joe's Bill is one of the best things ever. Have you ever seen Tyler Fisher's Bill Burr? I, haven't, I don't think I've seen Tyler Fisher. Oh, my gosh. He does Bill Burr. Is he a Boston guy? Teaching a master class. He's a New York guy. I know uh, him from New York, and it's on the money. Really? Yeah. Is that check it there out. was a, a series of videos where you were in? Oh yeah, that, that was J. L. Covan, who does the, the best Louis C. K. in the world. Louis C. K. School of Comedy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Where he tells children's <laughs> jokes, and he goes, "Why was seven afraid of eight? Because fucking eight, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine. I, I fucked it up, but he would do right. all the classic jokes as Louis. That video was fucking perfect. Perfect. J. L. Yeah. J. L. Calvin. Calvin. C. A. U. V. I. N. Look it up. Yeah. And then Tyler that, Fisher. I feel like we're overdue for a, a skewering. I mean, it seemed like there was an interesting opportunity to maybe poke fun at Louis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, Rife. I, 
I've been yeah, watching Gary Goldman clips all day. So like, really, you're such a delight. Oh, just start with the good shit. You're so good. As I said when I saw you at Largo. But you have such a like a, a natural. It's not forced. You have a, a love of language. Oh my you did word. it. I saw in your special, and then in Co- you did on Conan a bit that's on your special, and there's it doesn't work as well on Conan because it was just like a cold crowd. You were fantastic. Oh, thanks, that's man. a great clip. This is not you. that passive aggressive comedian no, no, being no, like no, it's no, not no. a great clip. It's a yeah, great yeah, yeah. clip. Okay. The audience isn't great. Right. And you said it was fraught. Right, oh, yeah. and then they didn't really laugh. No, no. And then well, you went. It's not a laugh line. It is a laugh line. Yeah, I think it is. But they didn't laugh. And on your special, they laugh because they yeah. know you. And right, it's Gary. Right. It's, yes. it's what I call a Gary being Gary laugh. It's a personality laugh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Right. That's really insightful. And it goes to. I the, have too that, many Pete being Pete laugh. But that. <laughs> I need more. No, that's not true at all. You can't have enough. But that goes to that old myth that that. Seinfeld crammed down our throats many years ago that Did the I cram? only gives you five minutes oh, for being yeah. famous. Yeah. Oh, really? I said that the Everybody other day. Everybody who's at your show, their favorite thing is you. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to ride yeah, that. Don't tell me you're only getting five minutes. I quoted that yesterday saying... Oh, when Rain Wilson did this podcast yesterday, it was like, aren't they just excited that you're there? And I was like, well, first of all, I'm not on a, a huge network show like you, so it's, it's a smaller number. That's just true. Right. Secondly, I, I quoted it as 30 seconds, but you're right. It's, five, it's like a five. I thought he quoted a lower number. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he gave himself a I loved watching credit. your special just because you have... You watched it? I, I, well, there was a little snafu. See? Okay. Carrie. It was a snap. <laughs> oh, and on Conan, you went, it was fraught, and they don't laugh, and you went fraught with what you added a line because i saw just the the flames in your eyes not anger flames just the mischievous i'm driving the car you guys just missed a road sign that i pointed out a billboard (laughs) a billboard but i'm gonna say it again to show you that i haven't lost any ground here wow it's a great moment fraught with what you double down oh your analysis Don't get me started on analysis, but what were we saying? I was saying that you watched the special. Yeah, was a snap. Oh, and when you're doing it, you're not uh, you're not playing with scared money. I love watching you. There isn't that um, I don't know prickly. I, I don't mean to do Bill's voice here. We were just doing Bill. Bill is absolutely one of my favorites for oh, sure. Incredible. So yeah. I'm not putting down Bill, but right. sometimes I'll watch Bill and it'll make me nervous because I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta fucking claw their throats like you gotta claw their throats and then i watch you and i go it and burbiglia is another oh my seinfeld gosh. is yes. another yes there's so many guys that remind Ted you that alexandro s- yep that yeah. stand-up can be more of a easy it doesn't have to be like hey motherfuckers <laughs> who's drinking <laughs> who's drinking you would be like who's drinking who's drinking like if there's something called a drinking i could say who's drinking is this you know what i mean and we just have fun and well don't you feel like that's like a that was a boston thing yes was the you really had to grab the audience yes. by the throat but also there was room and i think stephen wright took advantage of this to the fullest where there was room to really stand out by being a little bit different from which that. is why he's a great or a lot different to use that. a but you put old Stevie right first It's a, a, in Boston. You know what I mean? He's a pinch hitter. Absolutely. And that, I used to look at the pinch hitters, and I was like, I'm not a pinch hitter, I'm a host. 
That's why I'm, I, that's why I'm the new late, giggler in late night. You know what I mean? Like hosting. I'm first. Send this face first. Uh-huh. You can't have Wright come out and be like, we got a great night tonight. Oh, good, Stephen Wright. I'm not even sure it is a great night. I used to be a narrator for Bad Mimes. <sighs> it's one of the greatest sentences in you the English language. You know how in the movie people, uh, when they read a letter, you hear their voice saying it out loud? That's how I am with menus. <laughs> Word. Isn't that a great joke? Oh, it's perfect. That's how I am. <laughs> I usually say cesarean section. I'm a cesarean section. You can't tell, but every once in a while when I leave the house, I go out the window. Oh, it's so brilliant. Isn't that great? Yes. And because he's from Boston, and because you and I are from Boston, and I want you to speak to this, I think we know what a fucking hard town it can be oh for exactly Stephen Wright so the fact that he's yes. like the beloved son of Boston yes. I wonder how he feels about that he did it against their will and yes. now we all claim Stephen like we loved him right away going on after pretty much the blueprint of mm-hmm. MCs which was Lenny Clark yeah 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 yes yes just charisma in a flat top Lenny Clark. I'm not saying Lenny is not talented. But, but I'm saying high in the 80s and involving the crowd charisma. And, t- and turning the crowd into a, a, an army. That's exactly. And then Stephen Wright goes on. When I was growing up, I didn't think I was funny because I saw what made my father laugh. Right. And it was guys like Lenny Cro- Clark. I think Lenny is great, by the way. That, this is not anti-Lenny. Hilarious, no. I just would sit with him. Yes. And I've said there's a million on the podcast. My parents are actually coming in today if I feel like there's a vampire chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> if I feel like a little off, it's because there's an Indiana Jones boulder <laughs> landing at LAX now. It's deplaning. It's crushing oh luggage. <laughs> it's getting in an Uber. It's on its way to me. <laughs> Oh, that's a great image. And it's going to squash me. As soon as it gets here, it's going to find a ramp. One of the things I always felt that I missed about Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark is the the big boulder. Yes. No backstory. Hilarious. I'm realizing in UHF, I think they they do a gag where he runs and it follows him impossible places. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. It was was UHF. Great movie. Oof. Every birthday. That's what people think it is now because they have no concept of those channels from the TV, right? Oh, my God. What is this? Oof. TV 38. 56. 56 with (laughs) Paul Wagner, who was a stand-up. Yes. Did you know Paul Wagner? Yes, I knew him. Yes, I can't. I would be guy. starstruck if I met Paul Wagner. WLVI really, Kids Club. Yeah, he was a really sweet guy. And then, but but the Kids Club, and then Dale Dorman used to do some voiceovers uh-huh. when, I, when I was a kid. These are comics but, that did local Boston. Yeah, stuff. but they they used to have these these great contests <laughs> where where you would, oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know what you would win, but you would try to... They, they were like word scrambles, but the answer was like Marsha Brady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would send them in. And I, was, I never won. That's my favorite. That was, how, that was one of the early ways to be funny and to do showbiz, is I would write letters to the editor of like a video game magazine oh, and try wow. to get a gag in. I've said, this, I've said everything on the podcast before, yeah. but... In the game Mortal Kombat, Shao, Shao Sung, I think is his name, yeah. he narrates it. He's the voice that goes, excellent. Remember? Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, you yeah. fight him at the end. Oh, I He's the last guy. You have to beat Goro, okay. the forearm guy. You're picturing him, right? Claymash? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so if you beat Goro, very difficult. 
uh, you fight Shao Song or whatever his name, Shao Su mm-hmm. something. And I wrote in, "What if Shao Song narrated the fight you fight with him?" And then I just put in quotes, "Finish me." Oh, I thought that was so brilliant. brilliant, Gary. Only, buddy, we have this in common. I went around Boston, seeing my dad laughing at Lenny Clark's, me going, "Finish me." Yeah, and 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 we both came out of that. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a, an accident. I think like no. that sort of environment actually grows other types of comedy because yes. we're going like, Absolutely. I can't do that. Yeah, how do you follow that? I, 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 to this day, you'll see if you come to lunch with us, you're invited. I'm just kidding. You don't want to. The only way I can make my father laugh is doing an impression of him. That's okay. Boston. If I want to be like, he's over here with his fucking cork out. And my dad will be like, ah! <laughs> But no way at, at, at uh, you know, our stand-up. Um. I'm calling an Uber. Sure this, no, I, I just my 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 Sade. Your Sade, okay. not the Sade. All right, not the Sade. Yeah, I just I wanted her to come see you. Oh, is she coming? I hope so. I don't know though. Are you going to lock the screen? I have anxiety. No, I'm not going to lock the screen. Right? It's like putting a baby carriage on yeah. top of a car and driving. Right, off. I know. Except you could order a right. drone on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll lock the screen. <laughs> You're right. No, you don't okay. have to. I kind of like. I love that you made a choice. Do you, know, do you want to know what my screensaver is? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, ever, ever tried, tried ne- ever failed. No matter. Try again. Fail again. Fail better. I don't get ever tried. Ever failed. Whenever you try, you fail. I know oh. that's that's difficult. It's it's poetry. Language. Try again. It's fail poetry. Again, you know it's better. me. I love it. Yeah. Poetry gets away with. A lot. Oh my gosh. Or? Oh. Nobody's saying or. <laughs> you see, when I it's watch so you, true. I start it's becoming you. It's never said. Or. Yeah. Or. Or the, the it's it's in the the Star Spangled Banner. Or or the or the ramparts. Or we the watched. ramparts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And most people think it's or, but we know that it's or. shortened over. It's O apostrophe yeah. er. It'll never take Get off. Get that. These are Gary Goldman bits. <laughs> Get that pesky V out of here. You're slowing <laughs> us down. V. Get that pesky V out oh, of here. Oh, my word. It's only a compliment oh. to you. If, if I were Jeffrey Ross, I would bump your mic right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, you do steal a dicks? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. You steal a dicks. <laughs> and steal it is poetic. Yes. But that is the... So when we were at Largo, we were all like, Gary Goldman is the fucking greatest. Uh-huh. One of the greatest of all time. And we were all me, Tom Papa, who's also a guy that makes me feel that way. Oh. And he felt that way about you. Wow. Because we were just like, what is going on here? Your shit is so tight. You enjoy language. And you enjoy... Like, I love your, your tweets. Your, oh, thanks, your writing man. tweets. Thank you. It's just such a delight to see somebody that like uh, can stay warm and human. But still love to write a perfect joke. Well, yeah, the, the, the depression and anxiety humbles you. Did it? Yeah. I, I have to talk I mean, about that. Just, grow, just growing up with, with that, you, you never get too big for your britches when you know you can be cut down at every, any moment. And, Internally, and, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that keeps you in check. But that's that's uh, you said in the special that like the anxiety and depression made you work hard because you thought if I could be excellent at something, right, then yeah. I would feel better about myself. Yeah, that's what I thought the the you don't feel that the way. Formula anymore. was no, and Bruce Springsteen cured me of that. Tell his, me his <laughs> autobiography 
in which this guy who worked harder than anybody, including James Brown, <laughs> and achieved as much as anyone. There's, there's, maybe there were people as big, but there's nobody bigger than Bruce Springsteen, and he couldn't get out of bed at one point. Really? Yes. In his in his autobiography, which I listened to, and he reads which he it. recorded from bed. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he ever did, but he just. It's as good as anything he's ever written. I mean, his the book. yes, his recollection of his childhood is astounding. Yeah, and and he puts together a beautiful sentence, and it was just riveting. But he he, puts he said a beautiful he said that he took antidepressants and he felt like himself again. And wow, which you Prozac and I, is, my dad still yeah. thinks my dad. There are two things. When I drank, my dad thought I didn't drink. Oh, my like it's just like the a, same way. She my dad, I just go, with a cigarette in my mouth and still say I was a non-smoker. That's yes. fucking hilarious. Yes, my dad. I could have finished a drink in the meal, and my dad. These leading <laughs> questions, it just go. You don't drink, though, do you, Peter? <laughs> and it wouldn't matter what you said, so you might as well just be like, "No, Dad, I smell of a Manhattan." <laughs> no, Dad, I blow on a match and it lights. <laughs> I just. I he really, also thinks therapy is is a weakness. He still thinks it's a yeah. Weakness. I really identified with you and your mother's relationship. I was close to my mom, like you were. Did growing she? up? I was like one of their girlfriends. Oh, the, me too. Yeah, yeah. I was one of the yeah. Golden Girls. I don't know. I which remember one. going on a stakeout of my mother's. What do you call a male mistress? If you're a woman and you have a guy that you're seeing, uh, a Schneider. <laughs> it's, it's based on Deuce Bigelow. You go, I have a Schneider. Okay. It's always been, though. Pre, it predates the movie. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. <laughs> so I, I never saw Deuce Bigelow. Is it good? Uh, okay. Male Jiggle. I actually, when I saw it, Gary, it I loved it. Do you think what came first? You're so funny. Right? Jiggle. We need it's all last I want. It rhymes with Jiggle. He was like, I have a character, Deuce Bigelow. I don't know what he does. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote the Oh my god. Brainstorming. <laughs> Someone writes pharmacy question mark. <laughs> crossed out. Dude, Bigelow, Bigelow, Bigelow. Gardner, crossed <laughs> Gardner. Deuce Bigelow, male gardener. Oh, my I haven't word. been tempted to make a t-shirt on this show for a while. And yes, I'm putting down every other episode. <laughs> oh, wow. No, that's just a great riff. <laughs> right. So anyhow, my mom's friend, Inga. Inga. Was. She felt she was being cheated on by her. Equivalent. Her Schneider. <laughs> And so my mother... But she... Wait, Inga was married and had yeah, an Inga affair with Schneider. married and having an affair with Schneider. And thought the Schneider, Schneider was Schneider other... Schneider. Yes. Isn't that the right of the Schneider? Of course. Isn't that like by design you meet a Schneider and he's like, yeah, I'll have some sneaky with you? Yeah. And then You think this is a mom, virtuous man? My... <laughs> I know. I know. What, a pillar of the community? <laughs> That's the only mean thing. When my wife cheated on me, the only mean thing I said was, uh, I, it's actually a little unwoke. I called the guy a thief. But that was me thinking that my right, wife was my possession. possession I was yeah, 28. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't woke. It's perfectly understood. But I, I, yeah. I couldn't think of an insult. So I was like, 
what I was trying to say was, how do you know he's not going to cheat on you? Very old school. Yeah. I'm sure everyone I grew up in Boston was like, yeah, Peter, you let her have it. You tell her that. Because that's yes. like some fucking oh my gosh. Everett yes. logic. Why do you think that? <laughs> why do you he's think- going to cheat on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing Sandler. Yeah, that's great. He's going to cheat on you. That's, <laughs> that's all I had. She snuck out in the night and got some D and I can be like, he's going to do it to you. <laughs> Snuck out in the night and got some D. It's perfect. I don't like it. I do like it. Keep going. Well, the thing about men now is the worst thing you can be called is a is a cuck, which is short for for cuck. I am a cuck. Yeah, I'm a cuck. But here's the interesting thing: these guys who are, for the most part, not well read, are are using this expression from. It's right out of your act. Right? The sprite thing. Yeah. How does this bully have an... What is it, an acuity? Uh, he, he had such a, a, a facility with, with Shakespeare, yeah. But the, the cuckold is, a, is an obscure word. Yeah. And so they're reaching way back into maybe the... Well, I'm worried. It's like Chappelle used to have a bit about the most dangerous person in a group. I forget what it was. It doesn't matter. I'm worried about the genius who's racist you know what yes. i mean like bill burr had a great bit about like who writes these racist jokes what's the difference between a jew and a canoe canoe's tip right yeah. and he would tell that joke i'm not saying that's a funny joke i'm just saying but bill solid though that's what he's, that's his point yeah he goes it's a great joke the punchline yeah. rhymes yeah he's like who is this racist who's hilarious also <laughs> who are these racists and these homophobes and all these different things yeah. that are like i well i believe that they exist they're going deep they find the word cuckold. Right. They spread it out to the foot yeah, to the they, footies. But they've shortened it to cuck. Yeah. But I think what percentage of the men using cuck to dismiss me are <laughs> you specifically? Are they well, because yeah. I get called that because of my political leanings and it's a it's a huge leap to go from being common sense gun control advocate to your wife's cheating on you and you're okay with it. Right. <laughs> You did, that's a really big leap, and this guy wants a mental check, right? But his what wife is going out in the <laughs> night for some tea. <laughs> She's got a Schneider. Yeah, your wife's got a Schneider. Which because brings, I said you shouldn't have an assault rifle to hunt deer. Which brings me back to my mother taking me on the stakeout of the Schneider with Inga when I was like eight years old. You did? Yes, I sat in the back seat of her 1977 I want Chevy you to know Bel Air. Inga, oh, 77. Yeah, it might have been earlier. What if you do comedians in cars and he picks you up in a 77 Bel Air and he's like, "I love the podcast." <laughs> I thought you, we could go on a stakeout. Have you done Why Canadians in cars getting coffee? Have you you stake in. If you get out of the car, <laughs> stakeout is over. <laughs> stake in. Why? The stakes are too high. Have a successful stake in. Go down back. Stake out back. Who are these cuckolds? <laughs> no, I've never done it. You're going to do it because this special is well, going to... I don't know about you're that. You're going to get on I, the I, old Seindar. I do, but I know that... Seinfeld radar goes, bang! But he doesn't like when comedians open. Why are you opening bang. up? Oh, I Why know. are you opening up? One of the things, I really want Seinfeld to do this 
podcast. I'm trying hard because yeah. I love him. I know you and I both love him. Oh my gosh. And one of the yeah. things that he said on Comedians and Cars that I disagreed with, not that I'm like trying to corner him, obviously, right, right. is that he said, no one cares if a bit is true or not. And I was like, yes, we do. And he, and he references Richard Pryor talking to a crack pipe. And it's about addiction. And he's like, it's funny because he's talking to a pipe. He says that. I'm like, oh. if that's not true, right. it sucks. Like, it's like, it's just a different, yes. I think he would concede. It's I think at he least would just emotionally be like, true. That, of course. Yes. If it's not true, why are you doing that material? Right. It's not funny because the pipe is talking. It's funny because this is a man bearing his, I think he would have to agree. Yes. I think he would just go, you know, Pete, there's GoPros everywhere. <laughs> we got to fill seven minutes. I'm talking to Todd Berry. <laughs> we got to keep going. I don't, I, so anyway, cut that out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, it was a joke. No, don't cut it out. No, I'm not going to cut it out. Oh, okay. It was a joke. Yeah. Yeah, you look concerned. So no, you I went on a stakeout. I, I didn't think you said anything that you should be. No, I know. Yeah. The joke was, I'm going to say cut it out, but we're not going to, and then oh, it'll be titillating okay. for the listeners. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, it stayed Oh, he let it in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should build up how much. All right, so, all right, let's go back. Yeah. All right, right there. Cut it What's right there. What's the time? Go- <laughs> you hear the cutting? <laughs> yeah. They left in the cutting. <laughs> but the bit, the bit remained? Yeah. So you went on a stakeout yeah. to see if you could find their Schneider. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And, and we saw him leaving the other woman's apartment. And the, and In the movie, I'm picturing him either buttoning up his shirt or putting on his belt. <laughs> no, he was... He was, he was, he, he was put together. He was walking jauntily out there. He was, a, he was an older man, too. He was older than Inga. But when you're eight years old, who knows how old anybody is? That's so funny. Right? If you're 41, you're ancient yeah, to that's an so eight-year-old. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. So he might not have even been an old man, but yeah, he was, he was juggling quite a few middle-aged women, this guy. Yeah. I want a movie and, about this guy. An Inga. Lovely, <laughs> an lovely Inga. woman. Guy. What did she do? Did she confront him? Not that night. Not that night. She spared you. Yeah, but, yep. but she had the goods on him, and yeah. I think she confronted him. Did she take black and white on. photos? And then the... the... <laughs> <laughs> we got you. That are instantly developed. <laughs> you see? You see how... It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instantly. <laughs> it's one of, the great, still, one of the great movie devices, but they still advance the film, right? Of course. And yeah. they have the, the X, yes. like the focus marks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But they usually, freeze just for yeah, a second. Of John, of John Gotti getting into a Cadillac. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that, uh, my version of that was my mother would just be totally, I, I was her her friend. I was her gentleman helper. Yeah. She'd complain about my dad. Yeah. She'd tell me she's going to, like, kill my dad. I'm oh, like, should you be woman. telling me that? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, even yeah. as a child, I was like, this is weird, right? I mean, uh, but she, you know, she needed a friend. Also inappropriate. I want to. I want to wear both shoes. One shoe. Yes. She needed a friend. Yes. And she loved me so well. Right. My and mom I, too. What was I supposed to do? I don't want to hear. I couldn't put up a boundary. <laughs> what am I going to build a boundary out of Legos? Yes. I wasn't even Legos. I was Dupley. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let me get my huge Legos and build a boundary, mom. Oh my gosh! You could just feel that those were off brand. Those. <laughs> yeah. Like a yeah. like a fruit looped cereal, like a fake yes. fruit loop. Yeah, so bris I don't know if you grew up with bristle bro- bristle blocks. Bristle blocks. Is that like a shredded wheat? No, bristle blocks <laughs> were a were a block game, but they they worked on it's hard to explain. You just gave me a memory, and I bet it's gonna give you a memory. 
in, I think it was like third grade. Girl's name was Jenny. We were supposed to write our favorites. This is a heartbreaker. Okay. But I bet it's going to remind you of junior high because your bit about the water fountain and all this stuff, it's fucking wonderful. And we were supposed to write our favorite. Now that I have a daughter, I hate this story even more because this is somebody's sweet daughter named Jenny. And we're supposed to write our favorite cereals on the board, and she writes Fruit Loops. Now, Fruit Loops is spelled F R O O T. Yeah. L O O P. Yeah. But of course, we had just learned how to properly spell fruit. She writes fruit. I didn't eat Fruit Loops. We're all laughing. Oh. We weren't bullies, but we were just like, yeah. you know, you have nothing. Right. You're not right about anything. Yeah. So we were just like, it's, a, it's not F R O O T. And like, poor fucking, I hate this story. But that's she on was Kellogg's, isn't it? Kellogg's is very irresponsible. This is where kids are learning. Yeah. You're getting their fresh, bright brains early in the morning. Yes. And you're like, here's how you spell fruit. Yes. And she was just being accurate. Where did she fall in the class as far as her grades and her It was a very attendance. small class. And I think she was kind of, there was the top tier of the popular girls and maybe she was in the second tier. Do you think she knew how to spell fruit? Yes, I do. Okay. Then she was just it being was just, so accurate. It was... And she paid a price for it. It's like, it's not Captain Crunch. It's, oh. It's Cap'em. Do you know Because he's a great captain. He's like, I had a Cap'em. I had a joke about that. That's the oar of Captain. I had a joke about that that didn't make the special about these, these serial people manipulating us by convincing us that this guy was a laid back kind of... <laughs> kind of admiral and yeah he's a cat he's the captain but you know what he's so cool we just call him captain <laughs> and what seven-year-old is 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 in on that but again nobody knows captain. how to spell captain because captain. of yeah and captain. fruit fruit loop fruit loop and, and fruit loops this is where we learned it's where i was supposed to learn in the 50 states i had the place map oh right and the freak states in their own little windows the freak states <laughs> That's a Simpsons line. It is a Simpsons line. Yes, the the 48 and then the two freak states. (laughs) Not in Hawaii or Alaska, the freak states. (laughs) Yes, but they get their own little window. I swear, your voice is so clear and fun that watching it just makes me want to go like, they get their own little window. (laughs) Alaska peeking in there. Don't look below me. What is that? Canada? No, I don't know. I'm with you guys. Oh, my word. It like Alaska is like the one baggy sock barely on the foot of America. Wow, <laughs> that is I feel like exactly that's a funny what, joke. That is exactly what it. That <laughs> is exactly what it is. Like, that's hilarious. A, it's just a funny yeah. joke. We both comedian laughed at that. Oh my gosh, you could open with that on a Sunday night at the Comedy <laughs> Connection in Faneuil Hall, and you would own the audience for the rest of the time there. Joey, where's Joey? Oh, man. He booked the Comedy Connection, and I've told the story many times. My dad told me, be aggressive. (laughs) But he, you know, we grew up similar, and it was just like, you know, be assertive. Tell them what you want. So I would call that club three times a day. Finally, Joey answered the phone and was like, this isn't how it works. (laughs) Really? (laughs) And then when I called Rick Jenkins at the Comedy Studio, he was the opposite. Wow. He was like... Well, I'm so glad you called. What's Pete? Nice to meet. You. He's still that yeah. way. Yeah, and he was because so he was sweet. a stand-up. Yeah, and, and Joey he, he was knew what it was like. Sade is a here. Lone shark. I don't know. Sade. Sade. She was going to text. She's at you. the door. Hi, Sade. How are you? 
Isn't this house so great? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. This doesn't Did seem... Gary come to this house? I've only ever lived in one house. Oh. Then then yes. Then this it looks different on the outside. Is that the, did oh, you not have a great fence? We put in a, gate. Fence, a, we gate? Put in a yes. gate. Yes, it's Get amazing. Get into the gate. Yes. How's it going? Do you want to sit in? We don't have a chair. Do you... Do you want to get into the sauna? Yes. You can get in the sauna. That's amazing, Pete. I didn't even notice the sauna. You did notice a lot of good things. Yeah. You noticed the photo of me and Val. And then what else did you notice? You noticed something I else. I noticed your great painting. Look at the painting he made of the Joker hugging Batman. Oh, that's right. That's what we were talking about. Do you know I'm in the new Joker? Are you really? Yes. Who do you play? I play Gary Goldman. He, he goes and sees comedy? Yes. And really? Yes. And really? It's in the trailer. It is? Yeah. What do you do? You tell jokes? Yeah. I can't, I, I, I'm afraid to give too much away because of the NDA, but, but basically, yeah. Right? I don't know. I feel like you're, you're safe. You didn't say anything. No, not really. Nothing that you couldn't get from the trailer. Right. He's, in the trailer, he's Have laughing. Have you seen it? I haven't seen the movie, no. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for it, though. October 4th. Yeah, I'm going to be in Denver. And that's great because Val doesn't want to see it. I'm going to see it alone. Awesome. Yeah. That's some real road stuff right there. All right. Yeah, that is great road stuff. Going to the movies alone is such great road stuff. Yeah. Yes. Into it. I feel weird about Chade. Do you want anything? (laughs) 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 It's just interesting because she's right there. No, I know. And I'm I know, now going to be worried in, that you're bored. She sat in with Bert Kreischer and I the other day. Yeah, but that's different. It is. I'm going different. for the Pulitzer. Okay, I'm sorry. He's going for an MTV Movie Award. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, 100% okay. JK. Okay. Um, we were talking about our parents. We were talking about coming out of Boston. Yes. And how what a rough place it is. And then I guess we could get into the depression stuff. Yeah, if you feel like it. Not really. So did you see the opening of the <laughs> did you see the opening of the Great Depression? I did. Okay, so that's what I thought comedians would love. And do you they? sitting on your stool? Me bombing to open a special. Yeah, it's not very long though. Right. I thought about it quite a bit. Okay. Cuz I was like there's a version where that special Cuz when you sit down I'm actually oh he's going to do something funny cuz you kind of sit funny. Yeah. So I recut it a few ways in my mind. Oh okay. And then decided that the way it is in the special is perfect. Oh good. For what it's worth. Yeah. But it opens with you having a bad a bad set at a room that was really yeah. hard to do bad in. Oh I know. Like you really so feel true. it. Yeah. Do you still feel that way about Boston? I do. When even when I would do the comedy studio I would be like I feel like I'm going to have to up my energy or something oh really no i found that room that that i almost had to do you ever do this where you dig a hole because the audience is so hot that you want to see whether your jokes are any good so you take them to zero by digging a hole like making it very uncomfortable i wish i had gotten that comfortable at that room yeah to dig my way out i still feel like a psychic deficit when i'm in boston Really? So my parents are coming to visit, as I mentioned to you, and we yes. joke that they're the Indiana Jones folder. Yes. And there is, even though I love them, and I want to be clear about that, for a couple of days, like they're sort of my kryptonite. Like I think it's interesting that Superman is from Krypton. That's yes. where his parents are. 
Yes. And when he comes to Earth, so he true. leaves home yes. and he flourishes. Yes. And then if you present him with a rock from his home, yes. he loses his power. Wow. And even though I love my parents... It's such they, a great metaphor. Isn't that crazy? Wow. When that hit me, my dick exploded. I don't have a dick. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, my parents, not by any fault of theirs, it has a kryptonic effect on me. And I'll either get really funny because I revert to feeling like a child and I'll be really silly, mm-hmm. or I'll be like kind of low wow. for a while. And I, ha- I sort of have to remember myself. That is really interesting. Can can we go back to our... Because I'm obsessed with Seinfeld the way you seem to be. Yeah. I feel that as great as Jerry was as a stand-up in 1990 or whenever Seinfeld started, it was almost like Larry David was his, the Earth's son. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. And Mulaney, when he did this podcast the second time, we talked about how his show didn't work. And he summarized it very simply. He said... I needed a Larry David. Right. The guys like Seinfeld sort of flourish in a pairing with yes. somebody that's a little bit more I don't know, bitter, right, or something. Right. Yes. Harder. Yes. That's how they met as Larry wrote Jerry material for his birthday. Oh, I didn't know that. He's like I I, I can't make this material work. It seems like it's your voice. I wrote it for you. And he gave him five minutes of material. Isn't that a great gift? Wow. I feel like I could give you that Alaska. Do we know what the jokes were? Baggy sock. What if it was his Halloween material? <laughs> his most famous routine. <laughs> or the taxi cab. Yeah. <laughs> How long are these ships? <laughs> they ever stop? And then the chemical symbol for boron. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my favorite joke was? So Okay, so Seinfeld. I'm in the Caldor parking lot. Remember Caldor in Burlington? Yeah, of course. That's where you sure I you're had... not mistaking it for Zaire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you remember Foreman Teak? Yes. Yeah, it's a little past Foreman Teak. It was okay. the Caldor. Yeah. And I had the book Sign Language. Oh, this is what I, I, I would too. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Isn't it interesting that no other comedian was so audacious as, as to, to print, print their, print their act? <laughs> Put a cover on it and sell it. That is audacity. That is brazen. And in the intro, he what says, "What a crime!" Remember, the delivery is up to you. Yeah. So he goes, "Remember attitude. Remember inflection." Yeah. But I was so desperate. But also, for- remember the voice. <laughs> you better read this in my voice. <laughs> That's how I am with menus. <laughs> wow. And we just this whole room turns into a supernova of callbacks. <laughs> he had a bit. There are two bits in there that made me think I could do stand up. Okay. Because it was clean. Yes. And my mother is in the car, and I read her the bit. And it's about God being the first matchmaker. Oh, wow. He's like, how you hate being set up. And then he's like, that's what God was doing with Adam and Eve. And the line is, he's talking to Adam. He's like, I think, I think she had a thing with a snake, but I'm pretty sure it's over. Oh. And I read that, and I was like, you can say that? Like, on stage? Like, it see- like I love it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's so sort of soft and cute. Yeah, It's like a cute line. The yes. other joke is, soap on a rope. I don't need soap on a rope. Why? 
Because it rhymes? <laughs> and he goes, I don't need shaving cream on a wooden beam. <laughs> and I was like, I yes. can do this. Yes. <laughs> I can yes. do stand Why? Because it rhymes is such a great because observation. Because it rhymes? So true. Soap on a rope? I think he even goes, is this a big problem? <laughs> he also has, um, this, is, this is a joke that is so my mother's joke. Like her sense of humor. It's like sarcastic and you'll get it. She was like, Someone gave me a, sh- a shower radio because that's where I want to be dancing. Yes, a slick service next, next to, to a glass. <laughs> yes, that is. If I gave my mother, who is not a stand-up comedian, to my knowledge, right, a shower radio, she would say, "Because that's where you want to be dancing on a slick surface next to glass." Like right. she wouldn't say that perfectly. Yeah, but um, there there were there was one comedian who I was really influenced by early, early on and. Still, whenever I see him, I'm very impressed with how he writes. But the Paul D'Angelo had this routine called Suck World, which was an adult amusement park. And it went on for a long time. It was a very long bit, five, seven, ten minutes, whatever he wanted to do. He would just keep adding to it. And I remember this one. It's a playground bit. Yeah. I want to get that term going. Bits that you can do however long you want. Yes. And this one comedian said, do you know that... uh, I had never seen the origins of the joke. He said, you know that joke started with one line? And that was that was huge for me. I was like, oh, you don't write the entire joke in one, yes. in one sitting. You keep adding. And, you see and, 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 yes. that it and works. That was, yes. Yeah. Yes. Somebody I, I recently It's heard, a waste of time if you fill a notebook with this joke and then you go up there and it bombs. I did that recently. I wrote really? a whole routine. It almost never works. Oh. I wrote a whole routine about Blue Apron and about <laughs> what a waste it is. Like you need, I still might do it because you left <laughs> just at the premise. Yeah. It's like, how fancy are you that you need someone to ship you one chicken cutlet? <laughs> It's great. Okay, I'll try it again. But, but the don't problem say, is, don't say chicken, say cutlet. One cutlet? Yeah. And I think I, I was like, someone comes over your house and you're, and it's covered in packing peanuts and <laughs> bubble wrap and boxes, and they're like, you just move in? It's like, no, I just had dinner for one. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it should work. But the problem with it is you're too deep into it. Like you're, I don't like the feeling of starting a bit. And but knowing- supper is funner than dinner for one. Supper? Yeah. I just had supper Especially for one. You, no, not for one. Just supper. I just had supper. Yeah. Yeah. Or That's lunch funny. or breakfast. But the for one, it takes away because you've already said I, I wonder if you say, part. just because this is fun and I know you love it, Yeah. you have a bit where you go, I have the body of a Gryffindor. Yeah. And then you said... I have a Gryffindor body, but a Hufflepuff soul. Right. Yeah. And I, watching it just casually for fun, went, soul of a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I swapped it. Yeah. What do you think? I don't like it. Tell me why. I knew you'd have an opinion. This isn't me wanting to score and get in your act. I, I just knew you had thought about it. of a Hufflepuff. Because Hufflepuff sort of sounds like poof. Right, <laughs> Like yeah. Billy, Billy Elliot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and, the, and the soul of a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Like I can hear Seinfeld going like, stick on the, the joke. That's the line. Yeah. They're laughing when you're saying Hufflepuff is when they're laughing and you say yeah. soul. Yeah, it's into possible. the laugh. Yeah, I just I just the, know you the, like talking this way. No, but the rhythm 
I'm so used to that it sounds right. You know how something sounds right, and it could be right. Right, like even when, that's how you seem to learn how to spell things when you're a kid. It just doesn't sound right or look. It doesn't look right when you look at it. Yeah, like the word "people" took me months to yeah. figure out. P e o p l e. It's like no other word. They're conscious. Yeah, con science. <laughs> con science. Con science. Yeah, or rhythm. I still can't write rhythm. I you ever can't spell a word and you have to type in the air? Is it a mnemonic or a pneumatic? Pneumonic? Yeah. Red hot, you two-headed monster. Red hot, you two-headed monster. I need yeah. that so badly. For rhythm. I need that for names. That's a gift. I met my neighbor. Her name's Lisa. And I go, my name's Pete. And she goes, I'm never going to remember. Like, she was just being honest. She's yeah, like, I'm yeah. bad. And I go, well, my name is Pete. We live on the same street. Uh, that was five years ago. I've never heard her say my name. Oh, great. <laughs> remember, remember Regan's hook it on Pahonikes. I just said. Meth. I just said to Val <laughs> in the car. She didn't know the bit, and I went hook it on Pahonikes. Work it for me. <laughs> and she to laughed me, he's so the, hard. To me, he's his the, record is right above your head. Do you think he's the goat? Greatest of all time. Yeah. Am I a goat? <laughs> Look at me, I'm a goat Somebody feed me a discarded aluminum can I need a snack Is that discarded corn? Was that creamed corn in that can? Because I'm a goat Yeah Wow If you can do an impression And it's funny Seinfeld, Gary Goldman, oh. Brian Regan Wow Three goats You do a great Regan We used to do And you also Regan. write for him Oh Dirty Regan dirty I gotta hear Regan. this The big yellow one's The goddamn sun <laughs> It's a cup of fucking dirt Move on Wow <laughs> It doesn't improve it It ruins it It doesn't improve it Dude when I saw Jim Gaffigan And I, I think I've said this to Jim So it's not like a dirty secret When he was on Conan He has this great bit He goes I like bread but when I go to a restaurant, yeah. suddenly I love bread. <laughs> By the record, I'm Christian at the time, like a you know church person. Right. Get the record, CD, yeah. pop it in. It's the same bit, but he goes, I like bread, but when I go to a restaurant, suddenly I fucking love bread. And my heart went out my butt. Wow. Like it just sunk that low. I was like, I thought now he is clean. Yeah. But Gaffigan wasn't clean. That's so interesting. I once sent away on eBay for a VHS of this person just had collected over the years these obscure, rare Seinfeld appearances. No. And one of them must have been shot without his knowledge because Seinfeld was modifying a lot of the a lot of the words with fucking. No. And he was wearing glasses and it it was Do you still have this tape? No. No, you in one of the, the moves, I tape? lost. I lost the fucking tape in one of the moves. But this guy had like interviews on the equivalent of the local evening magazine. Wow. Yeah, with Jerry Seinfeld. This guy was a, a Seinfeld fanatic, Whoa. and he had this footage of well of Seinfeld, Seinfeld. Let's have this conversation. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm very excited. Seinfeld had a bit about Superman, and he couldn't get this one part to work. This doesn't. Aren't you excited? Yeah, Isn't but it's like a great little setup to a riddle that you would love. Okay, but it might have been a Superman joke that Seinfeld was doing on this VHS. Well, there's another layer to this game okay. now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm not like, shut up. I'm like, it, wow, what a great yeah. take. Okay. Here's the bit. Sorry, my wet toothpick just touched your hand. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. I'll Purell. My mouth or the. Very clean. 
I'm just kidding. Everybody, yeah. The people okay. that think they're not contagious. Oh, I'm not contagious. Yeah. How do you determine that? <laughs> <laughs> it just They just want to be like, don't outcast me. Right. Yeah. Love yeah. me. Please love me. It's not a love. I don't say I'm not contagious. I just go, please love me. <laughs> please love me. Um, yeah. He goes, Superman has to, basically the premise is Superman has to do everything. Yeah. Which I agree. That's why he's a shitty superhero and he can do it. Which is why he's a shitty super. Anyway, I'm interjecting my own commentary. And then he's talking about how Superman's doing this, but he also has to do that. He has to do this, but then there's a new danger. He's got to do that. And then he goes, uh, Jimmy and Lois are off in a fucking cave somewhere. <gasps> Huge laugh. It. Yeah. This is the bit? Had to have been. And then he goes, I drop the fuck, and it doesn't work. Jimmy and Lois are off in a cave somewhere. Yeah. Doesn't work. And I, to this day, I'm like, do one fuck. Right, either do one fuck, but there's also the the. I remember my mom when she would see me doing f's in in jokes. She would say, "That's not you." And we as much as I didn't that. want her to be right, She's she right. was right. It just didn't sound right <laughs> coming out of my. I find that to be controlling. Face. I do that with Val sometimes. And oh, I'm just okay. Like you're so good. You're so right. sweet. And then yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's controlling. It really is. You're not good or sweet. You are often good and sweet, but Mm -hmm. I want you to be free to be you. Wow. Existentialism. But I say that because my whole life, my mother called me the peacekeeper, which is great to be seen, but how about uh, you guys make some fucking peace? Right. And how about not labeling me? (laughs) Yeah. I was known as the healer. Brother? We hold hands. You were the healer? I was the healer. I just told you I was the peacekeeper. Yeah. Which is a, it's from the Sermon yeah, on the my Mount. my middle brother Max was the peacekeeper. You had a healer and a peacekeeper. Yeah. Oh, the Goldman family yeah. is fucking doing all and right. Then, and Rick was our leader. You had a leader? No. <laughs> but if anybody was our leader, it was the oldest brother who has taken over that role. And Berbiglia said, think, fuck, don't say it. Yes. This is a great note. Yes. So I think you could make it. Jimmy and Lois are in a cave somewhere. Yes, absolutely. I, I forgot about that. Think, fuck, don't say that it. That tip, yeah. That's yeah, a good one. Yeah. Do you think he invented that? No, I think he told me an acting teacher told him that. It's really good. Yeah. But I'm also like, Seinfeld offstage I have tomorrow's swears, tip. And I love it. What's that? I have tomorrow's tip. Yeah, you can do it. That's a good one, right? I I like clean comedy. I, I'm just like, it's so hard to get people to laugh. Yeah. And if you can do it, do it. Right. I'm sort of like, any means necessary. Yeah. But I also feel like I don't swear that much in real life, so it would be a put on. But but there was also the the trend I remember in the in the nineties when I was in Boston was was using freaking and friggin' and frickin' yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. just like just well that's just a, that's say a Christian it. thing would go really? cheese and rice instead oh. of Jesus Christ it's like, yes like Jiminy God's Christmas. up there like what yeah oh he said cheese and rice I, I love hate that stuff that's imitating why God's on. reaction to some of the petty sins my thing was that girls would uh, men and women would have anal sex. <laughs> Instead of vaginal sex, yes. to say virgins, and my yes. bit was that God was up there going like, "I specifically." St- oh, it's in the butt. <laughs> oh, oh that's that. beautiful. What about the? Have you ever? One of my favorite impressions was the uh, destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and the reaction of the blowjob people, because sodomy was blowjobs and anal, but he killed everybody. Blowjobs and anal people alongside, sodomy and then the blowjob blow people said, "It's just a." 
It was just a blowjob, but you, you, you lump me in with the anal, the, the freaky anal people. That's great. That's yeah. like Eddie Izzard's bit about Noah's, the flood killed the evil people and animals. He's like, what's an evil giraffe? <laughs> I'm eating more leaves than I ought to. <laughs> Other That's giraffes so may starve. That's so like how do you? Why, he killed oh. all these innocent giraffes. Oh, Eddie is. There... I have a bit right now that doesn't work, and I bet you. I, I hope you like it. Okay, but I have a feeling you'll like it because it's silly. I think I. It's now just become part of the bit is calling them out for not liking it. Because I go, what if God loves chickens? <laughs> and they don't laugh. And I just go, if I was in the audience right away, set up, I would be so in. Yes. What if he made the earth and was like, people, sure, people, shmeeple. <laughs> Give me a flightless bird. <laughs> and then he comes back and he's like, bring me my billions of chickens. And we're all eating. And it's an act out. And we go, hmm? Oh, you I liked those? I love it. It never works. I'm gonna, Watching your special reminded me. The there's the confident slow delivery that actually makes people think this must be good, as opposed to what I do, which is I kind of get sweaty and louder. Oh. But you do that bit slower, I bet it'll work. Probably or maybe you never know. What's a nugget? God says. Oh, where my are gosh. they? What? What's a nugget? Oh, that's great. And then just the the oh, you let some of them roam freely before you murder them. Oh, some of them are free range. That's yeah. nice. That's good. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Oh, then you kill them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they get a brief taste of my glory that I made for them. Yes. And then you... I like. I like that they are. They are supposed to be at the top of the food chain. <laughs> I made this for them. Yes. They're so beautiful. <laughs> With the little beak and the little red go 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 go, little go go. Yeah. What I thought was interesting about your depression. Yeah. Was it the fatigue? I don't. I remember when we hung out when you were oh depressed. Oh my word! And that you, I, not not to, no no no. When you were depressed, I understand that you're still. I feel like it's similar to to addiction, where you're in recovery. That's what I mean. That's and exactly the, what. Yeah. I mean. It's like totally. if you said back when you couldn't handle booze, right, like, right, right. You know, I still can't. <laughs> yes, and like you're still chemically wired to that sort of thing. So you're yes. in recovery. Right. So when yes. you were having a, what's the language? When you were in the throes of it? Yeah. And we hung out. You are a six foot six muscular man. Thank you. And you looked like Yoda. You looked like Yoda. Yeah. Like small and slouched. Yes. Like a oh pile of laundry. Yes. I used to. I had dinner with a pile of laundry. I used to struggle to keep up with, with Sade, who's like 10 inches shorter than me. <laughs> and it. It looked like she was my caregiver. Wow. Yes. See, that is like going back to my father who still, if I say my therapist said, he'll, like we were saying with the drinking thing, right? he'll be like, you don't go to therapy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like I just said. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. The, yes. one of, not that it's about convincing people like my parents that depression is a disease. Who cares? Like, don't right. waste your time. Yeah. But the fatigue, it, yeah. it, it hit me that I was like, that seems like something that they could understand because it's physical. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But of course, that's like a symptom of yeah. something that's happening internally. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about... Well, just the smallest things were unreasonable to undertake. Just yeah. walking my 
my dog around the the block and I remember thinking to myself, why it can't be this far from second ave to third ave. Yeah. And those blocks feel bigger. They feel so Yeah, so <laughs> huge. Yeah. And and I'm tired and I would have to psych myself up into walking these dogs and they're bouncing around and they can't get enough of it and and yeah. I'm like, wait I up feel guys. Like New York has depression manifested in a weird well, way. Well you're in this Little apartment and there's not a lot of light. Yes. Yes. And walk-ups. Oh. Like uh, when last time Belle and I were living in New York, uh, we were on the fourth floor and it, oh it was Lord. hard for me. Yeah. At the beginning, I'm like walking the dog in the park. Yes. And then after that, it was yes. half a block to the park. Yeah. And then I was like, you're never seeing this. <laughs> <park again." laughs> yes. I'll take you down to pee yes. and then back up. Right. That's the walk. Yes. Four flights has to be a good walk around the block. Yes. So there, is. there's some. I sometimes call New York a toothache. There's something sort of aching about it and wow, solid. That's, that's in different neighborhoods. The neighborhood I live in now is is very energizing. But I, I let's go back to the the idea of being in recovery. Yeah. Do you still? Are you at a point now where you don't have to be as vigilant about your recovery as you once were, or is it on autopilot? Like I feel like I need to do. This, the things that got me out of it every day or I'm, or I'm playing with fire. I hear that. I go through... I, I feel it on the wind. Uh-huh. Sometimes okay. like, I, like alcohol will show up in my dreams or something. Oh, I pay wow. attention to my dreams That's interesting. And I'm like, if I'm dreaming about alcohol yeah. in some way, do you I ever re-listen to the book that helped me quit. Do you ever go out in a dream? What do you mean? Go, go out off the wagon. Dream? Oh, no, I'm pretty good at dream. That's, Pete is pretty similar to that's real. Pete. So good to know. Like I won't cheat on Val in my dreams. Right, me neither. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. like I'm pretty. Yeah, it's it's me. I won't cheat on Sade. <laughs> it made it sound like <laughs> I'm I'm faithful to Val. You have a Schneider? Is Val your Schneider? <laughs> I was telling Pete Sade about my mom taking me on a stakeout of a friend of hers who's mistress lover, lover whose lover. She was married, and her lover was having an affair on her. And my mom, at eight years old, took me on the stakeout, which could have taken me, gotten me taken away. Yes. Right? That's the other great thing about your act is it just was a different yeah. time. Even <laughs> though you're older than I am, I relate to everything. You know? right. yeah, I don't know yeah. how much older you are, but you talk about the 70s. When I talk about my youth, I'm I talk a, about the 80s. I think I'm at least 10 years older than you. That's why. Yeah. I have to do the 80s. Like right now, I have You're a, not 40, are you? I'm 40. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm eight years older than you. Okay. Yeah. So it's close, but you yeah. had it a little bit yes. worse. Well, a little bit worse, but you also are... Uh, you're an old... You're an old 40. Like, not <laughs> as far as your that. looks, but as far yeah. as your no, ethics, I thought you meant my looks. Your morality. <laughs> no, you look super young. Oh, God. Which comedians, we look young, man. We're really yeah, lucky. Yeah. We're baby it's boys. The, it's the sleep. It's the sleep. Yes. That's what I love in your special where you're like, I thought I'd retire from comedy. And you're yeah. like, you only have to do it an hour a day. Yes. Gary, I know we talked about it the first time you did this podcast, but I saw you at the Comedy Connection. And it's one of my favorite stories. I I. I think about it all the time. Wow. I I have to like caveat it by being like I'm not in love with Gary, uh-huh. but I talk about what you were wearing. <laughs> what was I wearing? You were wearing a Harvard, a maroon Harvard sweatshirt. Wow, yeah, with a football on it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I still I, have it. And I remember right, being Shana? like, I still have the Harvard sweatshirt. Yes. Don't break Shadi into this. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's tweeting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> She's heard all your anecdotes. <laughs> She's into the abyss. <laughs> She's elsewhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's elsewhere. <laughs> we need to we don't need to write together. We just need to hang out. Yes. And then you remind this, me I love that how I'm similar than is. what comes out. But I love how similar like this is to when we hang out. I know, I love it yes. too. I feel yeah. zero pressure. Yeah. And people are gonna really enjoy this episode. I knew they were. Yeah, I woke up this morning and I was so excited. But I want to go back to that because I love the story of how you saw me when you were thinking of doing comedy. Because I think a lot of times with depression, your self criticism and you're not objective in your judgment of your of your work. That's right. And so over the years, I've had to rely on people like you and and my friend Brian Koppelman and Mike Berbiglia to give me an objective. Yeah. Or Todd Glass is is great at telling me I'm good enough. <laughs> I'm trying to do Todd Glass. <laughs> That's a great Todd Glass. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. <laughs> we tried to teach Todd Glass a game that Val and I do all the time, which is like we sing any song. Uh-huh. Name a name a song. It doesn't matter. It's raining men. It's raining men. Hallelujah. It's raining men. Hey, 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 hey. It's the idea you turn any song into New York, New York. Oh, and it's it's better with a song that like refrains at the end, right? So you're like you sing it like ba ba da 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 da. It's like you're going into the encore. Oh, that's great. Val and I tried to explain that bit to Todd for about forty five minutes. Do it with he "Walk This it. Way" by Aerosmith. How does it end? We need a song with a good ending. Oh, right, right. right, Here, happy birthday to you. (laughs) There's a good example. (laughs) And we were stoned on Todd's podcast, and we tried to get Uh, him to play that, and we never got there. The king of silly. And it was better that he He didn't get it. He really is the king of silly. He is the king of silly. I go to his house and literally roll on the floor laughing we were doing this oh thing. my god I, he's the funny i do this joke about i make a an analogy and i point out at what a solid analogy is and then i say which is unusual because i was actually kicked out of analogy school which is like <laughs> i don't know i'm a blank but todd That's does so uh, good it's very this, similar to a steve martin bit right where he goes i studied the english language in college so few people can speak with pizzazz. <laughs> oh my word, that's perfect. Oh my word, pizzazz. With that is a great pizzazz. That is a great. He's like word. he also back when this was like mind-blowingly original. He what was album like, was that on? I never heard that. I don't know. It's got to be on Let's Get Small or No. I would remember that. Really? It, that's also framed Unless, above your head. Wow, then maybe it's possible. Uh, he also has, he goes, it's I studied philosophy. Way. I studied all the greats, Socrates. Plato. Plato. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. I yeah. love somebody, somebody, I know this is an intellectual town. Somebody came up to me and asked me if I'm bi. <laughs> and I, I speak a little Spanish. I don't know if I'd consider myself bi, oh, but great. I don't want to look stupid. So I that's say great. yes. And they say, great. We're having some S&M people come over. And I'm like, oh, good. Spaniards and Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the tag, which doesn't even work, 
He oh, goes, so, so it'll be fine. I, because it's an intellectual town, go over, speak a little Spanish, and this is what I'm into now. Is so fucking good. So it's I think really it'll be fine after the show. Too. Go over, speak a little Spanish. It's so silly. It's so silly. Oh, I love it. I know. Oh you were gosh. saying, oh, you were, I, I know what we were saying before we went on this tangent, but were you done with this tangent? Yeah. Because you said you needed the Berbiglias and the Mies to remind yes. you of your value. Yes. yes. And I just wanted to say, um, and I'm sure you get this all the time, Gaffigan goes, alcoholism is the only disease that people are like nervous around you. It's like, uh, if you, you were like, I, I don't eat mayonnaise, it's yeah. like, is it okay if I eat mayonnaise? Yeah. I'll go outside with my mayonnaise. <laughs> and I'm about to do that to you because I was experienced how, how I experienced depression the past couple days. And I... W- grabbed a book, um, Falling Upward by Richard Rohr, one of my favorites, and I was going to read it because he has this great chapter about parents and like feeling weird about your family. And there was a letter from a fan in there. And I read the letter, and I, I must have saved it from for a reason, from a guy named Nicholas. Shout out to Nicholas if you still listen to the show. It was so sweet. And it was this, it was exactly what I do for you. Like it reminds you. Yeah. Of who you are. Like it goes like I listened to your podcast and what I loved about it was it wasn't some wisdom. It right. wasn't Pete, intellectual Pete remembering the perfect quote in the right moment. He said that it was just the spirit of openness between me and the guests where it was like, uh, let's just talk about therapy. Let's just talk about depression. Wow. Let's just talk about this. Let's talk about weird boundaryless parents and let's be okay <laughs> about it. And let's, and it's okay to be open yes. and safe and vulnerable and loving to yourself. And that's what got to him. And I was like, it just, it just edified wow. me. It just totally built me back up. So I'm happy to do that. I hope that's what I'm doing to you. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, I was saying, oh Yeah. My, what was it? I was going to apologize because you're, we were talking about you're in remission, basically. You wanted yeah, to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, remission, yeah. 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 And then when I saw you, we haven't talked about this on the podcast. Remember, I, I felt horrible. It was just like a a time in our lives where every comedian knew, it's like the movie could be called Something's Wrong with Gary. Oh, you know what I mean? We're all just sort of yeah. like, but we're also not sure what to do right so i'd love to hear how you reheat your meal i i told you i listened to it's called this naked mind it's the book that helped me realize that uh i didn't have to drink if i didn't want to wow and i love that book it's by annie grace i listened to it on audio so that's my way of going back if i'm feeling tempted or whatever right and then what are how do you reheat your meal what what do you do every day to stay sober well Two things. I wanted to to do a Steve Martin bit. No, but bring up the idea that I didn't realize I was that bad off. But during the remission, I've heard many people say, like Joe List, for instance, said, I really thought the last time I saw you was going to be the last time I saw you. That's what I love about comedians is that's what I'm hinting at is yeah. we were all like nervous and I, w- I didn't know what to do. And this is actually to my father's credit. My father's like, call the club, right? <laughs> and yeah. then he, my father's voice is also like, 
take Gary to dinner. Yeah. And one of the weird things about when I was divorced, nobody wanted to hang out with me. People don't like oh. being with sad people. Right. 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 And people don't like being with depressed people. It no. sucks. No, I I'm not proud of this. Right. But I was like, I'm going to take Gary to dinner. And I was, and I set this, the, the intention yeah. of I am not going to fix Gary. Right. We're going to eat pasta. Right. Like, I know what it feels like, kind of, <laughs> to be sad. Yeah. You want to eat like a heavy meal. Yes. And yes. I remember, I, I, do you remember that meal? Probably not as well as I do. Not as well as you. But, um. I sent banana loaves? Yes. See, we're yeah. all just guessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I sent you loaves? Yes. Of banana bread? Yeah, but at that point, they're cake, right? It's a cake. Yeah. I love that. But those See, incredible. that's how we know you're back. Yeah. When I sent you those loaves, you said, thanks yeah. for the loaves. And now you're back and you go, it's really cake. It's <laughs> really? a cake. How many cups of sugar are you can add to this loaf before we just get honest? This cake, this loaf has transitioned. Yeah, yeah what loaf it is has cake? frosting? <laughs> Please address the loaf by its proper name. Yes. This is a cake. Yes. Yes. What is it? Healthy all of a sudden because it's a loaf. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. We're all just guessing. And we all go like food well, the and thing, company. Right. But the thing about depression, like psychiatrist, the term he uses is he calls it faux dementia. Where nice. I have such vague memories of that time, so I don't remember the dinner as well as that's why I, well I, I wasn't do. I wasn't yeah. putting it on you to remember. I was yeah. trying to let you off the hook. I appreciate that. But when I saw you at Largo, I I told myself not to, but I couldn't help myself. Yeah, there was at one point where I said, "Gary, is the part of you that's noticing the depression depressed?" And I, this was very helpful to me. You said yes, right. <laughs> Yeah. So my great teacher, Ram Dass, whose picture is up there, that's his oh, teaching. Wow. So when I'm angry or yeah. sad, I was just doing this. I told you, I, I'm just, just this morning I woke up and said to Val in the way that I experienced it, I was like, I'm back. I don't know why. Wow. The Indiana Jones boulder is here. I should be worse. Oh, I know. But I'm better. I, I woke up and I just kind of felt, so I had my own mini backness. But when I, my uh, depression is so mild or, you know, it's not clinical, I guess we could say, right. that I can play the is the part of me that's noticing it depressed. And I go, no, but I think it's, it was very helpful to me. And I think it's helpful for people listening. There's like degrees. Yes. And at a certain degree, Spectrum. that game does not work. Right. Like when I'm yes. in a good mood and I'm ha- happy and healthy, deep spirituality merges with a good mood and euphoria and yes. mania even perfectly yes like if i'm having some coffee with val and maybe we'll split a donut i'm like the universe is one thing yeah like when you're low and and especially in a a medical way yes when you said no i was like i better check myself before i wreck myself (laughs) but then when i saw you at largo you said that thing you said to me now i can see that the the witnessing presence in your consciousness is never depressed or not depressed. It just is. But you were you were lost. That's what. If I'm correct, absolutely. Is that how you feel? Yes, yes. And so the the things I have to do. I remember, I forget what the what the acronym was, but there was somebody who who suffered from depression who I met after a show, and she said, "Ask yourself when you're not feeling well: Am I hungry, angry, tired?" Or there was one other thing, and that they were all helpful, 
But and so I ask myself those questions. But then there's also this thing where I feel lousy. Have I exercised today? And usually the answer is no. I haven't yeah. exercised today. All right, see how you feel after you exercise. Wow. And at this point, thank God, after I exercise, oh, that was it. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's every what, time for a couple of years now. Paula Poundstone did a a book, and it was like a something like a ten year. She looked into everybody's techniques for getting happy. Wow. And she said exercise was like the number one thing that worked. Yeah. For her. And it can be as little as eighteen minutes. The for problem me. I've never gone under eighteen minutes. It's probably ten. You're fine. But you don't want to tell me that. The problem is the guy who just exercises ten minutes a day and he's happy. You're so funny. <laughs> Gary, I could show you in the notebook on my desk. One of my goals is just get on this elliptical for ten minutes. I once bought a treadmill, and it was ten when I had a farmhouse, and I was going to use it every day. And I, how much time did I go in between the first time I used it and the second time I used it? The second time I used it, it didn't turn on, and the reason was <laughs> mice were living in it. You're the funniest man. Can you believe that? Now it's a house for mice. It became It's a, a little mi- mouse hotel. Planet of the mice. It's not a treadmill anymore. <laughs> it's a best western for Mickey and his pal. <laughs> <laughs> Regan taught us. He taught all of us. Yes. Synonyms and spe- specificity humor. Absolutely. Best western. It's a best western for Mickey. Yes. It's just oh a my pleasure. Gosh. It's giving the audience one step puzzles. Oh my And they go word. click 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 and they get these little oh micro hits. My word. For paying attention to you they're rewarded wow. and they reward themselves. Wow. Isn't that fun? When will you write a book on comedy? When will Pete Holmes write a book on comedy? Do you yeah. want to? You have any interest in that because your your analysis is so is so spot on. The th- the only thing that concerns me is the idea, which I guess we, we do anyhow, and it makes us work harder, but we're, you're giving away the, the secrets. Not the secrets, but the, the math of it, that it's, yeah. it's not as magical. I, I always found that the second time I saw a comedian do the joke that I thought, yeah, I'm like, oh, it's not as, it's not as magical. I had that when I watched your Conan, and then I watched your special. To this day, I'll go like... He's going to say apt. You know what I mean? Oh, right, right. Yeah. Why can't we just... But then I, I actually changed gears in my head and right. went, no, he's playing Satisfaction. Yeah. Like, let but, it enjoy the, enjoy the right, song. Right, right. But it always bummed me out when a comedian would have a special and then a series, and in the series, they would use one the of the joke. jokes from the special, and I'd be like, oh. Yeah. I took an improv class, and some of the stand-ups would work their bits into the improv, oh. and it broke my heart. I was oh, it's guys, so tacky. I was like, guys, that's we're dwarves. Improv is elves. Be an elf. Be yes. An elf. Be an elf. Yes. Be a, it, be yes. a bad elf, but don't right. try and sneak some dwarf shit in here. Oh, that's such a great... These guys walk on the snow. <laughs> we chop down trees and go, my wife has a beard. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what we do. Speaking yes. of which, that is the classic. So my thought on that is... We can give, this is how magicians feel too, by the way, give away secrets. They give up secrets to yes. one another all the time yes. because it's good for the beast. Right. If, I te- if we teach, as you do with your tweets and such, yeah. 
the technique of synonyms are funny, we right. get to watch better comedy. And if it does flood the market and the value right. of diamonds yeah, yeah, goes yeah. down, right. they have to develop a new diamond. Yes, and we that's have to good. Become better comedians, which we is all really have, good. We all yes. have to learn. Yes, because that's what we're doing isn't what um, Bob Hope was doing. You right. know what I mean? Oh, I know. There were different twists yeah. and turns and tricks. Right. And now those right. seem silly. And as weird as it sounds, what we're doing will sound silly. Yes. To I know. Leela. Isn't it? Isn't it? interesting but but you hear a lot of the comedians well you heard a lot of the comedians when we start when i started in the 90s they were complaining about the the alt scene yeah and there was bad alternative comedy but there was incredible alternative comedy and me and kumail made a long list of what alt hack is right but the best of it the best of it is what we're driving now, which is it took all the schmaltz and the shtickiness yeah. out of eighties comedy and yeah, and made it That's listenable. Because you watch the eighties comics on YouTube and it's like, oh, it doesn't hold up. Yeah, and some of the comedians Adapted. are still oh right are yeah. still doing that eighties oh, delivery. I know. I know. And you can always tell when he says, ladies and gentlemen, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I watch a special now that I'm 40, uh, and I watched a, a comedy special not that long ago, and it was a young person, and I was like really kind of tearing into it. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is, this is it. Like you're overreacting. You have atrophied. <laughs> like you need to listen. Right. You need to be okay with change. Yes. And would be wise if you watch a young person and you're like, what is this? They didn't even like. Often it'll be with the with the millennial guys. We'll be like, "Where's the craft?" You know, like we'll have some of that. Where's has this motherfucker ever been on a sit? That's from Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. But you're like, "Wow, has this motherfucker ever been on the road?" Like that's yes. what we're saying. We're like, "Right, you should have taken that to Cleveland yes. for six nights True. and see if it will come together." Right. Okay, fine. But you also need to go. This is what's happening. It's going into the marrow of comedy, yeah. and you need to go with it. Yes. Like, otherwise, we just become weird old men that go like, and then we're doing our folks. Yes. You got to keep growing. Yes, totally. I, I see this in music, too. Like, I know it's, I, I don't know why I'm embarrassed that I'm an Eminem fan, but like, I listen to his new record. Why are you embarrassed that I you're guess, an Eminem fan? Know, I'm, because I'm Chris D'Elia has huge... this great bit. About how I'm a huge Eminem fan. he goes, how forty is it to be like Eminem's one of the greatest? Oh, and yeah, that like, is very forty, and I am forty. Wow, and I just had to own that. Yeah, but the but, but Eminem's craft. He, I know he's got great craft and his obsession. He's very obsessed, right? And his words and. But if you listen to yeah. Kamikaze, he's 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 he evolved. Like the sound yeah, certainly sounds more like. But as long as I feel like as long as. You can talk Eminem for as long as you want in your 40s, okay? <laughs> yeah. But you also have to, and I'm about to do it, you also have to acknowledge that you've listened to every Kendrick Lamar album. Yeah, sure. Yes. you got to drop that and you the, listen yes. to other people. Yes, and yeah. then people will listen to what you're saying. Right. Even if you haven't, just say Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, Chance. I don't even say the rapper. You <laughs> yes. know who I mean. You just say Chance. It's, it's oh, I love, I love that. Yes. I love that. Yes. That is great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I say, th- I say, th- oh, th- is the greatest. <laughs> I had a dream that I was opening for Chance the Rapper. Really? The, that's the other thing I love. I, I feel like I just did a music fest and I was up there and I just started sweating. And I was like, Gary could have done that gig with Sweat Free. Really? Like a huge room. 
I just feel like I'm really just enjoying your sure-footedness and just being like, this is what I do, and oh. you're going to listen. Well, And I go up, and I'm like, what's going on, everybody? I feel like a Chris Farley character trying to like fill the room with my well, energy. I, I hope this doesn't ever fall into arrogance, but there's this thing about doing it for 26 years on October 8th. Wow. October that- 8th is next? Yeah, Nick's comedy style. I love that you st- started a room I'd still be scared to play. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, they used to call it Thunderdome. Thunderdome, kid. You went on after Noxie and the Thunderdome? Oh, my God. So. I can't believe I'm from Boston. Right. <laughs> right. There's, there's 26 years and the reps. How yeah. Many, how many yeah. shows I've done so that I have this. It's a muscle. Kind of, it's a little bit arrogant, but to say that if this doesn't work, it's not my fault. Yeah, it's this group of people. Yeah, yeah, I love it's that. worked too many times for it to be me. Yeah, I love that. I'm an audience blamer, and I'm not proud. I, and I'm not not proud of it. I am proud. Yeah, of it. people. Seinfeld is one of those guys where he's like, it's they never the audience. It's never the audience. I'm like Jerry. It's the audience. It's the audience. If they're not laughing at Jerry Seinfeld, it's the audience. It's the audience. But yes. then in Comedian, he gets off stage in Governors, and he's like, how big do you have yes. to be yes, the for you to listen up? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, that's how that's you really That's a moment, feel. man. I love that Oh, moment. that was fantastic. Turn off the fucking phone. <laughs> like, yes. yes. Oh, I love it. Um, what Did you adjust your smeds? I say smeds. Oh, man. Changed my smeds. A few times, I had I had a really good run with both Buterin and Zoloft from around 2007. I was in the room that pitched on naming Will Butrin. <laughs> such a good name. Oh, Who was a, in that room? Oh, my god! I don't know. Well, 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 uh, well, euphoria. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of that, that drug that, that Bart took in that one episode, oh, Focus In. Oh, yeah. Focus In. Yeah. It's great. It's perfect. Oh, Seinfeld does have Cramadol. <laughs> <laughs> Cramadol. <laughs> Can't get out of bed, Cramadol. <laughs> It's so fucking good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Here's a better question. We'll talk about meds. I won't forget to talk about meds. meds. You talk about being a kid, lonely tree, shooting yes. free throws by yourself. Yes. Just as a, you're not, you're the authority of you. Right. Do you think there was a nurture thing to it? Do you think that like, I don't know how to think about depression. Was it like growing in you? And then there were situations like you mentioned that your mom wasn't home. So you were alone a lot. Yeah, I was alone Do you a lot. think it yeah. like... I, we're not experts. We're not neuroscientists. I'm just saying, did that was nurture part of it? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I th- I think that we were broke, and it was the '70s when everybody had to conserve energy, <laughs> so the house was always dark, and it was cold because of the the heat situation. Yeah, and and so that's you go into that, and that's what you look forward to. You're living in a Tim Burton movie. Yes, and then. My dad left, my parents divorced when I was one and a half, so there was probably some some trauma in my mother as I was in the, the womb, and I, I, there was a book written recently called, called Dandelions and Orchids, in which certain kids are dandelions, no matter what you put in them, around them, they're oh, going to grow, an and I felt like an orchid, yeah. and this doctor Three felt Three ice that, cubes on the rocks. Yes. <laughs> this doctor felt that there, was, that there were things that could go on while you were in utero it's, that could affect it's sort of, you. 
And uh, I think my mom was probably stressed by her marriage falling apart. I have to. Yeah. Well, I mean, seeing my, my mother is a World War II uh, refugee. She was like born wow. in like a refugee camp, born oh into a refugee camp. So oh she has word. all of this anxiety and stuff from that situation. Of course. And this is arrogant because we don't know how Leela's going to be, but she's a very, very happy, giggly baby. And Val and I, when she was pregnant, I don't think we've laughed more. Like wow. it was a great riffy You guys time. laughed together so love, we, so beautifully. And, and standing next to her at Largo, enjoying laughing with somebody at somebody else. I remember Paul yeah. D'Angelo was another guy. He used to sit with his his girlfriend and watch him perform. We would laugh together. Yeah. And we used to one time we played this game. Let's try not to laugh at these jokes we've seen so many times. Let's yeah. try not to laugh. We couldn't do it. That's so good. He was so incredible. That's and, how and that's, we felt. Val and uh, I would watch Brent Sullivan who opened for me for a long time. Oh, we've yeah. heard his bits a hundred thousand times. Right. And we couldn't yeah. not laugh. Yeah. Douglas Jesus Christ. That's one of you don't even know the setup, and it's such a great. We have a child's book, a uh, child's book, a book for the baby, and it's by Douglas. And I always go, it's by Douglas. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he gets a message on Grinder that says, I'm an HIV positive top. Uh, I'm, he's like 82 or something. It's like, all, and he's like, I'm looking for a night of fun, no strings attached. Douglas. And Bren goes, Douglas. Jesus Christ. Oh I can't word. think of a situation with more strings, strings attached. <laughs> oh my gosh. That Douglas. is a terrific joke. Well, I've heard it a million and I'm just saying wow. it and I can't not laugh. But the fact that Val is the kind of person that can watch stand up that she's seen before, this, this is true love. She'll send me an email, subject RNB, riff and bits, riff and bits. Yeah. And she'll just kind of write out things that i added never asked her to do this wow that's true love that should oh have been in my vows yeah. and every comedian in the crowd would have been like where's my vow you know what i mean just right, like that's right, that's right. how the love but, is man that's really helpful yeah you looked at genie would it kill you to email some <laughs> genie gaffigan is great at that's at right helping that's another Jim. one yeah when i yeah. that actually set the model for me when i saw genie in the crowd with a notebook now, obviously, not everybody has to do this, but she's a comedy person. She's a right, comedian. Yeah, she's a comedy yeah. writer. And I was like, yeah. wow, you can do that? Like, two people? Yeah. We say that all the time. We're like, we share this life. Like, we do it yeah. together. Val wrote, yeah. my hardest hitting joke right now is just something Val said to me. I go, you ever have to poop so bad you pee second? <gasps> wow. It kills. And then I say Man. Val wrote it. Man, I love jokes like that. Isn't it great? Yeah. And she said it, and I, she didn't say it for... For sake of talking about it, pee really bad, and you you uh, fart, and it makes a little more room or something like that. You don't have to pee as bad. Has that ever happened to you? That's like a Will Sylvan's joke. Oh, really? He goes, "You ever not want to take a shit because you'll just be hungry later?" Oh my word! No, I've never had that. I've never. Then he has a tag board. He goes, "I think he goes, that's some broke shit or something." Yeah, like he he. Wow, I never heard him say that. That's amazing. You clear out space, and then you feel hungry. Wow. Yeah. Chappelle has a bit about you ever bust a nut and then you're hungry afterwards. There's all these vacating your body. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, but that when I heard him say that, I was like, yeah, you just just lost. I saw you do a joke. I don't know where, but how. You were saying, not worth it. Oh, yeah. 
when I came. Oh, I don't know if that's in a special. I gotta, I gotta write that, that down. Not worth, not it. worth it. Oh my gosh! It's like sometimes when you masturbate, it's not worth the shame. Yes. Like you go to the post office and you're avoiding eye contact with priests and children. Oh. And, well, it shouldn't be priests and children, but something like right. that. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like. Yeah. When I came, I said involuntarily, yeah. Yeah. "Not worth it," because yes. it didn't feel good. Oh my god! Now there's gosh. this like cleanup, and I'm like, "Oh my like gosh!" Yeah, what is the chemistry that's going on after you finish? Where you just, uh, Lewis, Richard Lewis, who I, I don't know why a nine year old connects with Richard. Lewis, <laughs> that's how we should. But know. I remember him doing a joke that I just, I knew it was funny, even though I really didn't. Understand yeah. the thing, but he would say, he would say, "I love you. I want to spend the rest of my world with you." And you got any waffles? <laughs> That's like Marin's bet. When his wife left, he said, uh, "Thanks for helping out." <laughs> He's like, all I could think to say was, "Thanks for helping out," or something like that. Wow. And I, I really related to that. Wow. Isn't that funny? That is so funny. So you, you're you saying it was a little bit of nurture. I think that's interesting. Yeah. So the depression yeah. takes hold. But my father was born in a, in a mental institution. A nuttery? Were you going to say a nuttery? Uh, the booby hatch. A nuttery. The Thunderdome? Get thee to a nunnery. No, my <laughs> my grandmother was mentally ill, severely mentally ill. And at that time, that like I've been, I've been saying to much acclaim recently that that I'm a, I'm a vegan and mentally ill, and there's never been a better time in history to be those two things. That's hilarious. I didn't know you were a vegan. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, since January 2018. Great. Yeah. What made the... A sentence. What was it? Michael Pollan wrote this essay, and he quoted... I want to say Steven Pinker, but it's not Steven Pinker. It's Peter Singer. Similar. Aren't those similar names? Those are similar. Yeah, Peter Singer, who said Singer Panker. Yeah, so we he said so we 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 made this agreement that if somebody wasn't as smart as us, or a lot not as smart as us, we were going to treat them as equals. And what are animals but people who are just a lot dumber than us? Yeah, and it was over. Wow. Yeah, that that I had a similar bit about how. We don't care about chickens because they're staring at the sun all day. <laughs> but I saw, I think it was on Netflix, there was a, it was a philosophy documentary where it was like, eating a sentient being, it's like my chicken's bit, eating a sentient being that feels fear and feels pain, even though you could eat something else. Yeah. He's like, it's indefensible. And oh the word gosh. indefensible, I was like, yikes. Wow. And it really sort of is. And I think it's one of the reasons why indefensible life is oh. life is hard i i feel like people you can't defend it it's in it's indefensible you want to defend it get out there because <laughs> in here not defensible <laughs> <laughs> we would oh my gosh i would love have to have an ernie and bert what wow. relationship you and i yeah, non separate, non sex. Yeah, same same room, like we yeah. were college roommates. Yeah, separated by an end table yeah. and an understanding. <laughs> My word, would we get any sleep? Three a.m. That's why they call it a sleepover. You don't <laughs> sleep. You want to sleep? It's over. <laughs> we're gonna giggle. We're gonna chat. We're gonna gossip. <laughs> 
I love a good sleepover. Oh. Val and I do feel like we have a sleepover. When I get in bed with Val at night, I'm like, she says that. This is too sweet. I like being sweet. She goes, yeah. I get to have a sleepover with my my best friend. Oh, just, it's so nice. Just yeah. please don't ever put that on Facebook. because I never would. Yeah, because, here's a because it'll make people feel terrible about their marriages. I know. Yeah. But it's, that's heavy. Right? It's heavy. When I was yeah. not with a Val and people would talk about Do you know every night when I cuddle up to Sade, I say the same thing? What do you say? That's the stuff. That's so sweet. Yeah. Language matters. Yeah. It's important. Val, I think maybe 15 times today, 15 times a day, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> I'll say, uh, you're my best friend. Or I'll go, uh-huh. and then she'll say, or I'll go, um, best friend? And she goes, best friend. Uh-huh. And then I go, only friend. <laughs> and what's weird is when i'm up i go like i don't have a deep bench of friends and i'm okay with it because yeah. i feel self-sufficient then the past couple of days i was low and it hit me in a totally different way same fact i was like i don't have anybody there are two things that can really make you that hit hard okay not having as many Jokes as you thought you had. Yeah. Right? Those are good friends. And then not having as many true friends as you thought you had. Buddy, I just asked my dad, because I was like, where did I get this model? Because I'm an achiever. I'm not resigning to that. I'm always, like I said, uh, 10 minutes on the elliptical is one of my goals. One of my other goals is be a better friend. Like a reasonless, almost like just be a friend, not for a reason. Just fucking hang out with somebody. Don't record it. Don't yeah. whatever, just see somebody. But I was like, where did I get this? And I was like, and I'm not pointing a finger. I'm just saying it was modeled after my dad. I called him. I was like, dad, who are your friends? And he was like, Arr. and he answered it almost exactly how I would at lower. Po- I, I'm happy to say I do have friends. But there have been parts where he goes, my dad I always thought of my had, business as my yeah, friend. That's what he my said. My dad only had his wife. I know. And my away. dad only has my mom and they don't wow. like each other. And oh I was like, no gosh. wonder. Yeah. I remember no my, my dad, my brother, my dad, Jesus, there's a Freudian slip. They like each other. My father okay. is so much old. My brother is so much older than me. Wow. Is he? 13 years older than me. And he, That's like he a dad. took on a dad role. And anyhow, I remember him saying, dad doesn't have a friend. I know. It's just his wife. And, and, and it's if, just because I'm an achiever, so it's my personality type. It's a test. It's boring. It's called the Enneagram. My dad is also an achiever. And an achiever, it's very important that they have at least one person in their life that they don't have to achieve for. Wow. And that's Val. Yeah. So it's like my safe place. My yeah. dad has my mom. Not so safe. <laughs> right. Right. That's a shower radio roast. Yeah. <laughs> like, as funny as that is, if you give someone a shower radio and they, to your face, are like, because that's where you want to be dancing. You're like, yeah. yikes. So my dad really... Shower radio I, It'll... She's a shower radio roast. Wow. It'll, it'll hurt the feels. Wow. Can I ask you one question that just occurred to me? Yeah. Do you know how deep in crisis I was when I did my one crashing episode? <laughs> Really? Why? Yeah, Why? I was really sick, man. Really? I, I did it because I was so touched that you that you in, in, invited me, and I loved the show. But I well, was sure, I certainly was, didn't do it for the three hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for the money. I needed the money, kid. No, I I didn't want to say no, but I was really sick at the time. Wow. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to cover it up, but yeah, I am touched and sort of haunted by that. That's sad to me. Yeah, it is sad. 
It is sad. The whole, I wrote about it in my book. Again, I'm saying this for solidarity. It's like my experience with depression. The whole second season of that show, I was depressed. Oh, man. And I tell a story. I'm sorry. No, I'm only saying this to you. So because you, you can't tell anybody because they say, what have you got to be depressed about? You have a show on HBO. Buddy, that's in my book. I'm riding yeah. in a golf cart with Bill Burr. Right. And he goes, He. I didn't tell people. I told Jamie Lee, who, who's a very close friend of right, mine. Right, right. So in between takes, I'd be like, I'm miserable. And yeah. And she goes, you don't seem it. And what's fucked up about our business was I was like, good. Yeah. Like, good. Everybody right. thinks I'm okay. Yeah. And I'm riding with Bill, and he goes, he basically, it was very sweet, but if you're wearing that lead x-ray coat they give you at the dentist. Oh, I love that. What but it's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one can see it. Yeah. That's what depression feels like to me. I, I feel like I'm oh, being yeah, yeah, depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like heavy and sluggish. Yes. And the other there's feeling also is, a filter over your eyes and with, through which you see everything. It's totally just, well, it robbed me of the moment. Like yes. to me, happiness is about yes. realizing. And this is Eckhart Tolle. I've been quoting it lately, but it's cha- changing my life. He's like, your life is the moment. Right. Like you think it's your analysis of a bunch of moments later. It's just this moment, wow. and that sounds so trite. But when you really sit with that and ingest that wisdom, you're like. This is it. I have this bit. I'm, I'm thinking of doing this on stage where I was flying to Hawaii and they were like, good news. I was doing a show. So I was alone. I'm like, good news. Uh, we landed 15 minutes early and everybody claps. <laughs> and then uh, we taxied for 15 minutes. And then this guy next to me is like, well, what was the point? <laughs> what was the point of landing early? <laughs> if we're just going to taxi for 15 goddamn minutes. <laughs> and I had this thought because I was in a good place. I was like, if you're not happy on the plane, the beach won't save you. Wow. Right? It's, it's not yes. going to work. And that is the summation of finding joy in, the, in just being, yes. the quality of being. But Bill went, look at this. Ten years ago, you're opening for me in fucking Peoria. Now we're riding around in a golf car. You got your own fucking HBO show. He says, Gary, if this doesn't make you happy, nothing will. Wow. And I was the saddest little goldfish. No castle, no sand, no little flaky food on the top. Oh, my word. Just waiting for death. And it was a lonely feeling. You must have... You're on the set of Crashing. You're a sad bean. What was that like? People offering you fucking craft services, and you're like, it's taking me everything to stand up right now? Yeah, pretty much. And and to try to keep from biting my lip till it bled, and, and I had such tremors in my hands my hands shook so badly and my voice didn't work right it was high pitched and wow. and but that story reminds me i remember being a freshman in college at boston college i was on a football scholarship and my my high school coach telling me and and i wanted to jump out the the window of the the dorm i was living in mm. and him telling me if i could be anybody in the world i'd want to be gary goldman right now and I was just like, oh, boy. No one knows how people feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have no idea. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. And no matter how many times we hear that, we still go around going like, look at the smile on that boy. Yeah. Even your mom in the documentary, it's pretty funny. You yes. go gentle on her in the editing. Right. There was a more Christopher Guest way to edit that and really They're, make her the butt of the joke. Yeah. And they had that. And I said, we can't do that. We can't make her the villain. I sort of, of wish of you the, had, just because film. I'm vicious. Yeah, when yeah it comes for your to that. for your life, but yeah, not for, my, for my mom's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, remaining years. No, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> no, you did the right thing. Yeah, but we she, we found a balance. Yeah, you did find a balance. Thank you God. You gave enough for someone like me. Yes, but also she's. And you couldn't explain this to her. She's a stand-in for America. Nobody sees it. Yeah, that's right. Nobody understands. She keeps saying what a that happy was, that boy. Was a, yeah. 
That's yes. that's my father yes. saying as I'm yes. finishing a Manhattan. Yes, you don't drink, do you, Peter? Yeah, there's wine on the table, Dad. I have. That's your feelings. Your feelings are the fucking wine. And parents can be, you don't drink, do you, Peter? Yeah. <laughs> I have tattoos on my hands. That's the Indiana my Jones mo- that my mother has never seen. Uh, because good boys don't get tattoos. Yes. Yeah. Certainly not good Jewish boys. Yeah, that want to be buried next to their mothers. Oh my god! I can't think of a worse. That sounds like a Gary Shandler joke. In, my mother wants to uh, be cemetery. buried next to her. That's not that weird, but she wants a spooning. <laughs> Did he ever say that? No, that Gary. is brilliant. Ready to go? It would work with you. Yeah, it would work with me. My mom yeah. wants me to be buried next to her. That's not that weird. She wants a spooning. <laughs> when I talk about that, like. I've gotten so comfortable I would, with it. Let's just high five, like t- like two guys who don't have mics to bump. Oh my gosh, it's a great joke. Can you do it as Gary Shandling? People wanna. I can't. There's been oh. times when I've slipped into Shandling, but I can't do it right now. It's like How's nasal. My hair? How's my hair? It's kind of Barry Katz. It's a little Louie. Yes. Oh, I'm on baskets. <laughs> What they do no, what they do is they put me in woman's clothes. That's a beautiful man, Louis Anderson. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh, is he one kind. of the sweetest pies on the yes. windowsill. Oh my word. Put your finger in and come back for a slice, if you Gary. know what I mean. Gary. Gary. Yeah. Uh, I like that you said Gary in the special and then I go, Did Judd ask you to because he loves Gary so much. You have a joke where you say Gary. Yeah. It's like, is that Judd going? No. Maybe say Gary. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, love the special. Uh, buddy, one, one buddy, note. But he does have remarkable notes, Judd. Does he? Yeah. One note. Um, <laughs> he's listening to this. This is not a good impression. He's heard it. It's not good. I did a DVD commentary with him, and he's like, "This, this is like his voice is like this. It might as well be this." And then I'm like, "This is my Judd impression." It's like not. <laughs> it's not anywhere close. When you hear the man next to me, do you ever stop? Whenever I'm talking to him, like, I'm, th- there's never a point yet where I'm like, this is Judd Apatow, this is Judd Apatow. So you're talking to Judd Apatow right yeah. now. It's ju- and then he's he couldn't be more down to earth and nicer, but there's still part of me that, can you believe you're talking to Judd Apatow? Look at you talking to Judd Apatow. That's interesting. That was me. I, I'd but you had three years. Why well, four, him, including four years. the pilot. Right, right, right. It definitely took every day. three good yeah. years before yeah. I stopped. Because I, I, cause I would sit with him at Comedy Cellar when he was, when he was doing... Train wrecked and then crashing. Train wreck. And sorry. Yeah. We'll edit it out. Oh my gosh, that's such an old guy thing to do. Like when my mom called Celine Dion Salon Dijon. Salon Dijon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> why, why is that joke so great? Because it's every it's everybody. mother. And yeah. my dad calls Judd Apatow. He will later today. <laughs> he will later today. But, uh, my dad is, I don't want to go on a sidetrack here, but he was like, on a scale from one to ten, how big of a deal is it that you have a show with Jeff Applebaum? <laughs> <laughs> and they'll still be like, HBO's crashers. Uh, oh my word! They, they don't. They don't know anything. Oh my gosh! I I said something last night that I that I think I might be onto something, which is I could be the most powerful podcaster in the universe, and it would mean nothing because I would not be able to explain to my mother what a podcast. Yeah, is. yeah, yes. No, the reason I can be so candid on this. Some people have sent links to my mother, and oh. to those people, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> How 
shame. How dare you? Sh- no. Shame on you. Shame on you. You don't see what we're doing here? I'm an artist. <laughs> Give me a fucking tube. I'll get you something out of it. <laughs> don't send it to my mother. You think she wants to hear this? Peter, you call me the Indiana Jones boulder? I can't do my mother. <laughs> Songs that made the hit parade. <laughs> Mom? I met Norman Lear last night. I've met Norman Lear. He did this podcast. Wow. Yeah. I don't. Why did I do that? What was it like for you? Why did I do that? I don't know, but what do I you just s- wanted to be like, I've but also What do you known. say to Norman Lear? It's like, just go away, Norman Lear, so I can just. Because I, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. You just compliment his hat and his young guy sneakers. You say thank you, but the entire time you're thinking, <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> Not even listening to my Dr- burn. You just go, are those Yeezys? <laughs> that's what you say to Norman Lear. Oh, that's hilarious. You, go, that's, you don't know what to say? What'd you find out about this show, Norman? MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Is that a Kangol? <laughs> that's what you say to Norman Lear. <laughs> that's what you say. Did you borrow that from Reverend Run? Oh, hilarious. I was going to go Sam Jackson. And I call him oh, Sam. Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson. Phil Hoffman. Oh, um, when you watch interviews of people who were on Saturday Night Live and they, on TV and then they say, Lorne, do you ever sit in your house and say, Lorne who? Hilarious. When I do interviews about crashing, I go, uh, and I, I think I got this from Zach Galifianak. I'll go, um, and working with Jed uh, Hirsch. <laughs> <laughs> it's always... <laughs> Because you don't know what to do, but it is sort of weird to say Apatow. Yeah, exactly. But you, you don't be a douche. But it's so true. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So you change your meds. Yes. And then... Well, Buterin's all off And you started work exercising. Stopped working two and a half years. Couldn't find anything that worked. Tried ketamine and electroconvulsive therapy, which worked better than ketamine you mean shock therapy bro like they have to come oh in my gosh, what do you yeah. mean shock like one yeah. all the cuckoo's nest, <laughs> that i've heard that works i mean it right does. oh yeah yeah it's dramatic and it's quick it knocked out the anxiety which was crippling worse than the depression in in three treatments really yeah and what it, how did you take ketamine legally like someone yes. administered yes. ketamine yes to you? there was a doctor who had a license to administer ketamine and what's and his name skis in the valley <laughs> oh my word yeah i'm a doctor uh you want some special k gary <laughs> no, yeah. yeah i'm a doctor look at my tommy bahama shorts <laughs> that's my md right here <laughs> tommy bahamas yeah if we you would have set me up for a, a great John Grisham joke if if you had done it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I call John Grisham the Tommy Bahama of authors. Oh my god, very funny. Yeah, I'm writing down something. Okay, so and I'm done. ketamine was administered intravenously on four occasions by a, a doctor in New York City, and I felt. Did you have a trip? No, but I did feel. Like myself for an hour, and then it stopped. And it was like it was like this brief little. You're in the eye of the storm of the hurricane, yeah. And you feel good, and then you leave. And and Sade took video of it. And unfortunately, I was playing Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which makes it impossible to use on television because the price Uh, for using a Beatles song is a zillion dollars a second. So because they need the cash, right? We need the cash. <laughs> we talked McCartney about. needs a new blazer and red t-shirt. He needs the cash. 
He needs one of those violin bass guitars. He needs the cash. <laughs> Sorry, Gary, we can't help you with your depression documentary. McCartney needs another four string that looks like a viola. <laughs> he needs the guitar that he needs the fiddle that the devil played in his loss. You know where McCartney and gets those? At the crossroads. Devil devil went down to Georgia, even though it's clear that Satan won. So you can't use it, but she's, you can see it wear off? No, you can just see me in ecstasy. Not ecstasy, just compared to how I was feeling. Right, you put down... It felt the, like me. You, you were know? swinging a regular bat instead of the batted with the donuts. Oh, uh, the donut. Donut bat. Yeah. Where did they sell those? How did the Little League... MVP Sports kid. <laughs> Coleman's? Go down uh, to fucking Coleman's, MVP talk to my friend Reg. He knows where the donuts are. Herman's? Herman's. Herman? Ask for Herman. His name's on the board. I know who to ask for. That's real dad stuff, ask for Herman. Oh I know gosh. a guy. I remember buying my jockstrap at MVP Sports oh. for Little League, because I was the catcher. Boom. Oh, so I had a cup. I had a, had a cup. You were the catcher. Oh, my oh god! And I had a bit about it. It's like it's wow. like uh, they don't make them in kid size. It's like getting a three car garage to protect yeah. my tricycle. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> and I said, it's like, maybe I could get the top half of a pistachio shell. <laughs> That's, I mean, it's. I still do it. If I do a corporate and I have to be clean, I'll still whip out top half of a pistachio shell. I wish I had collected over the years all the pistachio shells that were unopenable and just given them to your enemy. Made a collage. <laughs> It would be great if you did collect them yeah. and then invited your foe over. Like, <laughs> you want some pistachios? So frustrating. You look hungry. It's like, the, I don't know what age it, it got to where I could only cut my big toenail with a clipper and needed somebody to stand on it. Oh, my God. What's what the sewer caps? What is this, a rhino's horn? More like the polar ice cap. Jesus, louise Um What don't people understand about depression? Well, I didn't even understand it when I was in it, but that it is pure chemistry. It's you can't think your way out of it and the very thing that is telling you how useless you are is the is the illness. The thing telling you you can't get out of it is your illness, but it's hijacked your brain. Right. People don't understand that. That's why, like, and, I, when, and I'm and I don't understand that in it. I'm telling myself, yeah, of course. That's just like you to say, right? Yeah. Wow. Just underwater. Yes. That's why when I was a little disappointed that Chappelle had that. I know people love shitting on Chappelle, but uh, you know, tearing apart whether or not his jokes were appropriate. So that's not really what I'm doing. But he had that thing about Anthony Bourdain killing himself. Right. And I was like. When Anthony Bourdain killed himself and he has this great life, that was Chappelle's point. I was like, "Don't." The way that I understood it is that the illness grows a tumor that is your arm, right? That picks up a gun and yes. shoots you. Oh my gosh, it's right? a great analogy. Like, yes, that's the tumor. Yes, like, but you're like, he made a choice to kill himself. I'm like, no, no. the tumor no. was his arm and it picked up the gun and shot himself yes and i i know Chappelle gets it you know what i mean like i know he knows that right yeah he's got a great life and he kind of yes. goes into the subtleties that he's not as happy as he seems and i was like seemed a bit of a waste to go like i had a friend his life sucked and he never thought of killing himself i was like yeah but don't don't we see like right. it's 2019 yes. everybody yes. even my mother uh, not that my mother's so back she's a very smart person but she would be like 
Well, it's a disease, you know, like he wasn't thinking, he wasn't just blue. Right. And the fact that his life is so great is evidence that he wasn't just blue. That it's an illness. But I I just know that there were times in my life, 2009, for instance. Hey, man, heard what you said about my bit. (laughs) I'm the greatest there is, man. That's Chappelle in my nightmares kicking in my door. (laughs) I let you open for me, Radio City. That's how you were painting. There were times in my life that were much worse than the time that I was on the crashing set. Yeah, of course. That's a that's and it. Didn't want to kill myself. You were doing your t- a TV show. Yeah, craft service with this guy who sends me cake. Yeah, who who? It was a bread. It was a loaf. <laughs> well, that it I've, came with candles. <laughs> If you can put candles in it and delight a child on his day of birth, motherfucker, it ain't no fucking loaf. <laughs> oh my word! You just turned into a, a, I don't a car- know who that was. You turned into a cartoon, Allah, like who Dice framed Clay. Roger Rabbit. Yes. That was amazing. Let me tell you something, Andrew Dice Claymation. If you can cut it in a triangle and serve it to a pastry chef, I don't know. I don't have a second example. <laughs> Um, Lonely Tree. Oh, Chris Fleming just did this podcast, oh. and he told the story of the night that you, he, Dane, yeah, who and, else, and Bill Burr, and Burr, yeah. and he's like wearing a dress, <laughs> and then and then they start throwing a football around. And do you remember what you said? I said, I think now would be a good time for you to leave. Yeah, he's but it's even sweeter because he goes, he calls me Chrissy. Yeah, he go Chrissy. Yeah. I think now would be a good time to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and he left. Yeah. He didn't want to throw around a football. No. With guys who really want to throw around a football after a pat, after the pat beat the but Ravens. what I like is, in that story, I see a Chris Fleming in the body of a Gullman talking to a Chris Fleming in the body of a Chris Fleming. Right. Who can pass. Yes. With the passers. I've had this terrific <laughs> guy's guy uniform. Yeah. His costume for a long time, but you're the and, crang and in the belly. There's, I don't really understand. I don't understand who. What was the man's name who Trump did the pussy grabbing thing to? What was that man's name? Billy something. Yeah, Billy Eilish, I think. Yeah, whatever. I'm just kidding. That's oh. a pop star. Oh, okay. Could be anyone. No, but it's somebody from like extra or something. Yeah, I understood his position a little bit because I am that guy who guys feel. Oh, you could do a supercut of you and me going through high school in fucking right? Massachusetts. Yes. Laughing at people. I remember moments where jocks would be like, and then you just lower her down onto my ding dong. And you're just like, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> good one. I just, I just knew that I've been the guy who guys think that I'm going to. Be in on their absurd. I'm still the guy that cab drivers think I'm okay being racist. Oh, and club owners. Yeah, and you're and, the guy. And, and I used to indulge them, and now I'm just like, oh yeah, you have mista- me mistaken yeah. for somebody who talks like that, and I don't. I love it. I don't talk like that. I'm sorry. See, this is this is evolution. Yeah. I absolutely. Yeah. you have to go. Like, yeah. I remember I I I took my my visit to Boston College, my recruiting visit. And for some reason, these guys thought it would be a good show if 
they took the recruit to a, a party where a bunch of guys were watching porn. And I just remember being horrified and wanting to withdraw my commitment the next day. I was wow. like, if this is all there is at that school, oh, I'm in for a long four years. I had this an- is supposed to be the best four years of your life? And we're watching footage of dicks and <laughs> vaginas from before? I'd never seen... We didn't have access to it. I didn't have the Playboy channel or anything like that. No. I'd never seen insertion. I remember my friend Tyler showing me porn under the guise that it was funny. Oh, remember funny. that excuse? <laughs> he literally said, they start doing it in the butt Tyler. and she makes the funniest sound. Oh. And I remember it and it wasn't funny. No. This is what it feels like. You helped me get into that place of the trauma that we sort of came through. Right, right. I just, there's that, that moment in Boogie Nights where he shows up at the, at the party and they're playing, Mama told me not to come. Yeah. That ain't the way to have fun. Yeah. Son, that ain't the way to have fun. No, I no, I didn't no. know that's what they were saying. Did my mom write that song? <laughs> right. Mama, Irina told me not to go. <laughs> I had an, uh, I was being hip pocketed by an agency that I did not sign with. And this is not oh, a is, small reason. Oh, is that an abusive relationship? Oh, the I hip know. pocket. Oh my gosh! Like Look me, at what please they like make me. Us give. Ugh. That's my favorite line in Jason Bourne meets another Jason Bourne. It's how I feel about comedians. And he goes, "Yeah, look at what they make us give." Right. And I was like, "That's that's right." Yeah. We all had to do weird things like this. So I had an agent, and it was my birthday, and he was just calling me because he booked the gig or whatever. And he was like, "Dude, you're doing a college." This is ten years ago more he's like you're doing a college you're gonna get laid tonight and i was like Ugh. i'm standing there on, i remember where i was it like kind of made my stomach drop and all yeah. the kind of wearing khakis and i'm like does this guy even know who i who he's right. talking to and then i go and it's my it's my birthday and he goes oh you're definitely getting laid tonight oh and i was like uh yeah. moving on yeah i think that's the last time we remember talked. the all oh, those there were bars and there were places. If you can't get laid there, what do you mean if? <laughs> you kidding me? When? Yeah, I'm never getting laid in any of these places. Yeah, but that's why you and I are, you know. I went on spring break to Cancun in 1989 and didn't have a kiss. <laughs> so I'm not. Stop it. There are a lot of people that got laid and didn't get a kiss. I, I, feel, like, <laughs> I, guess I feel like they just I guess that's plowing. true. Yeah. I still, if I go and perform at a college or like a frat or something, Ugh. I still feel terrible. I'm like, oh, I yeah. don't like this! It's a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yeah. I don't want to perform for pirates. No. Why is it always the left leg? Can we <laughs> peg the right? <laughs> Why are people always slicing to the left? And the parrot. I used to have all this, all this pirate material. I was like, how Seinfeld is this? I go, I was watching The Sopranos, and I was like, what happened to organized crime? Before the mafia, what we had, really, that's all scripted. Before okay. the mafia, what we had, really, was pirates. Right? Yeah. And I got a laugh, did it at the comedy yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you got to hand it to the pirates. They, they managed to steal all your stuff, kill all your people. And four miles out on a boat... They would announce that they're coming <laughs> with a flag. Wow. As if to say, hide your valuables. We'll be there in six hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. That is terrific. I love it now. That is terrific. But did you ever? It didn't work. No. I didn't say it that good. But did I ever what? I just improved it. Did you ever do it? With the skill you have. No. Right? That's right. That's what I'm saying. The now, skill, the confidence. Yeah. 
the timing. That's what uh, Unihorn is. Unihorn? Unicorn? Unicorn? It has one horn. How about Unihorn? Right. Oh, yeah. And I wrote that joke 15 years ago, and then I did it two specials ago, and it was one of my favorite jokes. Yeah, it's terrific. Maybe I should bring pirates back. Yeah, why not? I mean, I... I frequently go through old notebooks and say, oh, I can do this now. Now I can do Because I also have my own audience. Yeah, now they know who you are. A group of like-minded people. Yeah. People who think Gary Coleman is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Reddit. (laughs) That's your Reddit. Why did you bite your lip? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Why, why did I... Bite my lip. That is a great question, but it would bleed. It was it was a manifestation of the anxiety within me, and yeah, and I would just do that. And, and also, this was the this was the look that I was giving everybody. A frowning yeah. face. Yeah, it was just I. It, it was, and and doctors would ask me now, why are you making that making that face? And I would say, he's asking. It, it was just manifestation. I was in such pain. Wow. And then yeah. I, and I would also go like this all morning when I woke up from things. Uh, uh, mm, mm, wow. mm, mm. So what is the advice? There's lots of people struggling with this. And right. the special is going to do good things, I think, to get people. Yes. I, I already said this on the last episode, but I asked somebody in the audience if they could fuck any animal, what would they fuck? And they wouldn't talk about it. And I just was like, we need to live in a world where we can talk about whatever we want. <laughs> Right. And depression is, is certainly a better thing that everybody should feel comfortable talking about. Right. If someone's listening and they're wearing the doctor's coat, the dentist-led coat, yeah. and they're waking up and making involuntary groans and they're frowning or they're biting, um, and they have that voice that's saying, oh, well, you, know, you think it's just the voice is just the disease. That's such a you thing to think, you piece right. of crap. Yeah. What do we do? What What is the advice you'd give yourself when you were in the in the, the throes? Well, I didn't often take it, but I I do know that one of the things that was helpful when I moved back to my mom's, which was I got out of the hospital, lease was up, moved back to the house I grew up in, and I had a friend who who still lived in the neighborhood. He and his daughter lived with his mother in a, not the same situation. It was, he wasn't sick or anything like that. He just went through a divorce and, and needed to move back into this house and he bought it. And anyhow, I would go over there almost every night. And sometimes we wouldn't say two words to each other. We would just watch, baseball or basketball or young Frankenstein for the 60,000th time. <laughs> mm. And, but I was out of the house and I wasn't alone. I was with somebody and it was at the very least a distraction. Some nights it was a delight and exhilarating to be amongst him and laughing at things that had 35 year long setups. Mm-hmm. Just bringing up a name. This person looks like somebody we went to wow. fourth grade with wow. or a horrible nickname he gave to somebody. A 35 year 30 setup. years ago, right? Wow. Those are the jokes that really. Can I interject? Yes. Last night we're at this thing. We meet a guy. I say to the guy, I don't know this guy. Yeah. I go, this is Val. And he goes, Alan? <laughs> he thought her name was Alan. Oh my word. We go to the, it's a party. So it's yeah. like four and a half hours later, 
we pull into the driveway. Val goes, remember when he thought my name was Alan? <laughs> she sat on it for four hours. <laughs> and she did it on purpose. That's that's how you do that joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't talk I, about it right away. Right. Wait till right. I turn the engine off. Yes. That's how you get a laugh. I like to use the expression Jack of the Lantern Jack of the around Lantern. Halloween. That's great. But not point out that I'm using Jack of the Lantern. And I've noticed people are so polite, they will not <laughs> say anything. But then I picture them at home later on that night, six hours later, saying, did he say Jack of the Lantern? Yeah, and you just let him say it. That's you didn't call so him on good. it. It I, was like he was daring us yes. to say something. Two things about that. One, I'm a fan of saying cupped cakes. <laughs> <laughs> also, no one calls you. You want a no. cupped cake? <laughs> no one calls you. Two, my dad says Upper State New York. Oh. Uh, I once. Upper State New York. Upper State New York. We're going to go to the Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame in Upper State New York. My dad is such an alpha in our family. Oh, my that word. Is I he an alpha? Upper State New York. Oh. Then I'm on stage in Chicago when I first started doing stand up, and I go, uh, I remember my family and I were in Upper State New York, and everyone laughed. Yeah. And then I was like, afterwards, I'm like, why did everyone laugh? No one says Upper State New York. We're right. We're joking. Right, yeah. I tell this to my brother almost immediately. To this day, my brother still says Upper State New York. Of course. That's the power of a dad. But the power. He knows it's wrong. The power of the comedy is the revenge we're taking on our family. That's right. Yeah. I remember when you did my podcast the first time. I thought about it literally a thousand times. Do you remember this? No. I say, you talked to you a little bit about how your family is. It wasn't very supportive of you right. being a comedian. No. And then you were like, your, your train had come in. Yeah. And I said, do they, are you friendly with them now? Or like, do they share in the success now? And you said, quote, they didn't help make the cake. They don't get a slice. <laughs> and I think of you saying that. It was this weird... It was actually a loaf. <laughs> Mama told me not to go. <laughs> Mama told me not to go. Wow. The joke was so good it came out as song. <laughs> I wondered... Because it, you and I, Friendly Sweeties have this like little ember of rage oh yeah you know what i mean yes and as i get older i get better glimpses at it yes somebody told me a story that you were on stage in the and we can edit this out if this is weird i don't it's not that weird i don't think still okay. don't think i'm about to say something terrible right but somebody heckled you in the belly room i think uh-huh and it was almost as if you didn't, you weren't even thinking of it. Some woman heckled you. Yeah. And that you, the person that told me the story was watching you and said that you picked up the mic stand like a mace, <laughs> base up. And they said, I don't think he knew he was doing it. <laughs> like you were so angry that your body just picked up the mic stand and wielded it. Oh. I, I can honestly say I'd never thought of using. Oh, nobody thought you were going to do that weapon. On but a, your, on anger, a your anger was, was sublimated. Well, that, the interesting thing about the microphone stand, if you watch it in relationship to the. We should make a cartoon where the microphone stand is an actual entity. But <laughs> I always notice like oh, hey, you know that anxiety you're putting into the mic stand right now? You should put it into your act. 
Oh, you mean when people are fiddling and fiddling and using it as a gear shift and all this and that's what leaning on it and everything like that. You're giving so much acting energy to this mic stand when you could be putting it into the into the room. I think yeah. it's so valuable and you're letting it sublimate into the mic stand. Yeah. And, and or at the cellar, I do this thing sometimes where I'm like pushing up the on ceiling. the ceiling. Yeah, I do that. And I and I'll I'll reprimand myself, Gary. Stop putting your anxiety into the ceiling. Put it in, and the, the people laugh. Put it into these people who are making you uncomfortable. I love that. The, my favorite band, The National. They had three or four records before they broke. Wow! And they said it's in the movie Mistaken for Strangers, which is great. He said the album that broke them, which is called Boxer. He said we took all the angst of not making it. Wow! And put it in the record. And that's when people related to it. Because everybody feels like a rock band that didn't make it. How do people like <laughs> Patton Oswalt and Maria Bamford, who I worked with last night, who have every right to rest on their laurels, keep getting better at stand-up and are funnier than ever, when some people that we've seen over the years had or grew up with had one good special and then said, you know what, I'm famous now, it's over. I said that to Val the other night. I came home and I said, when will I be able to stop proving that i'm funny oh hopefully never right <laughs> well i was gonna say i bet maria and Patton both have a lot of here's the thing that people don't necessarily understand right people want to be great comedians or they want to write a great script or whatever when i have uh this sounds like i'm really tooting my own farts right now but, it's like, <laughs> but when i have a great you idea you were barefoot this whole time yeah. wow that is comfort power move yeah chrissy i think you might want to get out of here <laughs> <laughs> do you love chris fleming as much as i do i love him i'm in awe of him he's amazing oh my word when i have a really good idea it wakes me up that's yes. that's what's happening, I bet, with Patton or Maria. Right. Is that it's uncomfortable yes. to not do the bit. I have to do the bit. Right. And that, so when people are like, I want to be a stand-up because it pays well, or I like Ugh. being famous, I'm like... You're finished. It, you're finished. Yeah. It's a problem. Yes. And then we, we ride the problem like a steed. Wow. In, ooh. ooh. I love that. <laughs> so that's why I bet those guys. And the guys that you're talking about that just sort of level off. Yeah. I don't know if they had the illness as bad. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Very disciplined of me not to mention the comedians who've let me down over the years by not putting out more than a couple of good specials. <laughs> not saying their names? Yeah. I still feel, um, yeah. I, I know what you mean. But it's it's our own sickness. We have to believe. This is one of the reasons why I'll watch a younger person special and be like, "There's no craft." It's because we're all co. Nobody does jokes anymore. You haven't noticed nobody does oh jokes my. anymore. See, that's what I don't want to sound like. But we're all co. Which is not true. I know. I agree. But we're all co-conspirating that stand-up matters. You know what I mean? Right. So when people kind of don't treat it with respect, you're like, yeah. you realize if you don't respect it, the whole thing falls apart. It's like the one brick in the pyramid that if you push it. It falls apart. It's booby-trapped. Something just occurred to me. What's that? Chefs feel the same way about chefing yeah. that we do about stand-up. Yeah. And until seven seconds ago, the idea would sound crazy to me. <laughs> but I just, I, I often picture myself, if I were a chef and somebody, this is how I see a heckler. And I'm not talking about the heckler you suck or 
the type of heckler that adds on to your punchline, you know what I mean, or or tries to guess your punchline, yeah. that to me is a chef who peeks through the swinging doors and they're salting and sees the food. Somebody putting salt <laughs> on the food. Oh, you knew how much this seasoning? I studied paprika in France. <laughs> For six months, but you knew how much salt it took. Wow. And you salted it before you even tasted it. And you didn't even taste it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Wow, you made me think of a million things. Chef. Chefing. Yeah, but what did you make me think of? I had something. But then I got real excited that we had the same analogy. That there are others, but there are other art forms. Not even art forms. There are probably people who... Oh, I got it. Like... There's a philosophy to slicing sushi. Yeah. There's a philosophy to washing cars. That's right. That's why we love Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and the Euro yes. Dream, Dreams of Sushi. We like people to take something that's not that serious seriously yes. because we're meaning-making machines, and it's fun to believe in something <laughs> and have what the Japanese called a key guy, a reason to get up in the morning. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, here's what I thought. I was in Montreal. And he sits here, and he dumbs it down for most of you. But he's a very sharp guy. What's that? Pete Holmes. That's a, that's a Boston guy. You don't realize how esoteric this kid can get. Oh my god! But Pete Holmes is wicked sharp. He's, he's saying he's smarter some shit. than you think. He's saying some fucking weird ass. He's smarter shit than you think. Then he goes into kid. this uh, Geechee guy thing. <laughs> <laughs> I got that from Rob Bell. Icky guy. Icky guy. Um, a key guy. A key guy. Then I saw a book called A Key Guy, and I was like, man, I already know what that means. And wow. I picked up the book. And I shredded it. <laughs> In the Barnes and Noble, Homer, kid. Homer, you didn't have to salt the earth. Uh, <laughs> I made a cake for you to ruin. <laughs> Homer, I made a, a separate cake for you to ruin. Is one of my favorite <laughs> jokes. He starts eating the letters off the birthday cake, and she goes, Homer, I made a second cake for you to ruin. <laughs> Lisa once asked him when, he, when Homer was teaching in class, Lisa, uh, Homer, uh, Dad... Are you going to use the Socratic method or are you going to lecture? And Homer said, that's right, Lisa. Daddy's a teacher. That's it. Val has called me out on making Simpsons jokes all the time, which is just I'm never wrong. You're never wrong. I'll just go like, well, as they say, as you know, as Plato said, to live and learn. And she's like, that was uh, so Socrates. And I go, Plato, what a guy. <laughs> just never, <laughs> ever show weakness or error. And then when we started watching The Simpsons together, she was like, you just got this from this show. I was like, and that's what I told Matt Groening when I met him. I was like, you taught us all how to be funny. It's fucking crazy. I was in Montreal. I think you're going to like this story. And there was this girl. I think, I, don't, I think she was from New York City, but we're in Montreal. At the festival? Yeah. And I'm about to go up. This is six, seven years ago. I still think about it. There's very few times when I will like use my big boy voice. But she was talking. It's from my talk show. Uh, you're welcome to a mug if you want. <laughs> oh, I'd love a mug. Um, I love a good mug. Yeah, it, they're good mugs. And she goes, heckling's part of the show. Nope. She goes, I go, I sit in the front, and I heckle, and if they can't handle it, they're not comedians. I, it makes the show better. She just goes on this whole pro-heckling thing, and I'm sitting there just getting livid. I rate. Yeah. And I just, very calmly, as I'm leaving, I stand up, I put my money on the table, and I go, never go to a comedy show. <laughs> you are banned. Never go to a comedy show. And that also happened when I was in Southern Florida doing a show, and it was terrible. And I said there was a, pou a pouch of fans that were enjoying the show, and then 300 other people that were like drunk and idiots. Oh. And I 
Side split is in Tampa? That sounds like that. I don't know where it was. But I said thank you to this group, and I pointed to them. And I said, the rest of you, never go to a comedy show again in your life. Good for you. And then uh, my walk-off music was Can't Tell Me Nothing, and it blasted. And Val gave me a rigorous humping that night. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't even want to. She was into it. Anyway, let's get out of here. It's hot. Do you feel hot? Yeah, but I loved this. I love this too. Yeah. And we got to say rigorous humping. Best best therapy. And we're on a couch. We're lounging. It's a good tall yeah. guy couch. It's a really solid Want to hear guy. my joke about this couch? Yeah. I have a deep-seated appreciation for this couch because it's a deep-seated couch. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's not. Fantastic. But if you tell it again and again and again. Alaska is like the one baggy sock barely on the foot of America. Oh, I love it. Love it. Only you. So much better than all the the Florida is a penis jokes. It's yeah. the smart man's Florida is yeah. a penis joke. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It's a great joke. Yeah, you're a good friend. Well, it's easy to be a good friend to a good friend. Oh my God, it's just love now. <laughs> Welcome to the love love cast. What is the hardest time you've laughed in your life? I always think about this. He was such a happy boy. Cut to you being like, this This book's called Dead Puppy Eyes. <laughs> uh, the first time somebody played for me in college, I think sophomore year, a bootleg, because they were all bootlegs, of the Jerky Boys. Yeah. Yeah, Jerky. I had never laughed harder than... Frank Rizzo! Yeah, I had never laughed harder. Yeah. And it was the things that maybe weren't the... Wokest? The big laugh lines oh. <laughs> that really got me. Should I bring all my glasses and all my shoes? Funny. So I have them. So I funnier. Have them? Funnier. Should I bring all? Was that the like the nerd guy? Should I bring all my glasses? And yeah, all yeah, my yeah, shoes? yeah, yeah. So I yeah. have them, Mr. Rosenberg. Yes. You need to make an appointment. Sure, I do. <laughs> and there was. I remember my brother playing me. 3578 Street, okay. <laughs> no, Mr. Rosenberg, it's 30 East 60th Street. The The key was that that guy was so thoughtful and kind because he was probably dealing with geriatrics all the time. Yes. And he was patient. That, and good, he was the good perfect, for pranks. Perfect straight man. Good for pranks. And I'm not a guy who likes pranks. I always found them mean-spirited, but I that know. one... That one character. I feel bad. I was going to do Crank Yankers, and then I was like, I don't think I can do it. You can't. I just, I feel too bad. Yeah. I'd do it if at the end I can go, just kidding, it was a joke. Yeah, you want the puppet. But maybe there's a, there, maybe there's a way that you can Norm MacDonald it. And when I say Norm MacDonald it, I mean the Bob Saget roast where Norm MacDonald just yeah. did. Yeah. The only thing is he has on his head is his hat. Yeah. <laughs> on his mind is his hat. Yeah. Is yeah. there a way you can do a nice... Maybe. Crank Yankers? Or a Pete Holmes Crank Yankers? Does that make sense? That's a great way to endear yourself to somebody. Ask, does that make sense? When it clearly makes sense. How could you not make sense out of that? It makes sense. I used to do prank calls when I was a kid. I'd call Newberry Comics. Really? And I'd play the demo on my keyboard. (laughs) So it would go... This is the real sound. And I'd go... You have been called by WKBBL or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from The Simpsons. But I'd say some <laughs> fake station. 
uh, to be our big prize winner, this whole spiel. And I'd go, was the Wizard of Oz in black and white or color? And the answer, of course, is that it's in both. Yeah. And one time, the woman, most people just hung up. But the clerk stayed on, and she said it was in both. And I was like, you're correct! And then we were just on the line, and she was like, honestly, this is one of the best crank phone calls I've ever gotten. And I just broke character and was like, thank you so much. You know, like, I wrote it. Um, I oh. just thought, like, we did that, like, a, oh, Pete. We had, like, a sweet moment. Oh, that's And fantastic. I was like, I really love your story. Come in all the time. And she's like, oh, come by. That's fantastic. And I was like, okay, bye. Have you ever read The Wizard of Oz? No. All right, so th- that's something you can look forward to with Leela is reading The Wizard of Oz. But in The Wizard of Oz, the Emerald City is not emerald. It's not green. Everyone who lives there is forced to wear sunglasses with green tint so that it looks emerald. But it's just a regular city? Yeah, it's just a regular city. Wow. Yeah. And that's what the Great Depression is, is when you take the glasses off? Yeah. And you go, oh, God. Yeah. Well, no, Not I don't. Really. I don't think so because that's kind of that's the opposite. I think it's cynical. I think depression is is a filter, but it's reversed. You take them off when you're feeling well, and you see the vividness of life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I'm glad you called me on that because that was wrong. And no, what, I mean some people. If lovely. you are depressed, you would. Or there are some people who say, "Well, life." Uh, Albert Brooks said. That life is depressing, and the only sane response to it is depression, and I, I just don't think that's the, I don't think that's accurate. I wholeheartedly disagree with that as well. Yeah, and it goes back to what I was saying about Eckhart. Tolle. But he is smarter than us. Yeah, but it's the head and the heart. You know what I'm saying? It's like the heart appreciates right. the moment, yeah. and realizes that the moment it's your life, right? And nothing is wrong right now. Yeah. The head takes all the statistics of your life and tells you a story like we're 15 minutes early, shouldn't I be on the beach right now? And it is a liar <laughs> and it is a thief right. and it steals from you. Yeah. And the heart says, everything's right here. Yeah. Wow. Are you a dandelion or an orchid? That's a great question. I think, I, I think I'm a, I, I don't know. I'm a danda orchid. A wild orchid? Well, my mom and my father both gave me good love, especially my mom. Yeah. And I had a lot of support. Yeah. So I, 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 I sometimes say that my mother installed the Iron Man heart. But I think you're very resilient and also very versatile. I, I think it's sexier to be an orchid, so I'm sort of like, I want to be an orchid. But I'm also very sensitive. I talked to Val. Sexy. If dandelions weren't so ubiquitous, they'd be considered a gorgeous... Yeah. Interesting. You can juice them very good for your liver. Yeah. It's not a weed. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's great to know. Drink it up. Uh, well, Jerky Boys is a great answer. Clearly, we love each other. This is just yeah. a love fest. Yeah, it really was. The Great Depression. Yes. This will be out on Wednesday. So, okay, premieres Saturday night at 10 from 10 this, to 11 15. This Saturday? No, no, I'm sorry. This is October 5th. So, it will be this Saturday. Yeah. So, when you're listening to this, it's out this Saturday. Yes. Gary Goleman. HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO, HBO Then. The John Panette HBO, HBO Go Now. God rest his soul. Rest in peace, John Panette. I love you, Pete. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing it. All right. Uh, oh, what'd you say? Keep it crispy. <laughs> I'm so crispy, I'm so crispy, my ice game make you haters wanna get